Hello, hello. Welcome to Green Dudes, the only Green Day podcast that matters. Um, I'm Connor Mack here with my best pal in the Green Day verse, my uh, Green Day comrade in arms, Mr. Connor Kelly. Hey. How the me. how the frick is it going today on on uh, on this momentous occasion? I I'm I'm doing good. I had a really good day today. Um, felt like I I had a lot of energy, and I you know I, I just just really really enjoyed being alive. You know. Hell yeah, yeah. I I I can get behind that. Um, you know, there, there, uh, there. It does seem to be something in the air, something in the air these last few days. I think. Yeah. What? What? It feels like ever since January nineteenth, like yeah. I've been on top of the world. You're I right. don't know what it is. That 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 is the moment that I that 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 I'm going back to, and uh, you know, it could be, it could be that a little album called Saviors dropped officially this past Friday. January 19th um, for those unfamiliar and there's going to be none of if you're listening to a Green Day podcast it's like I fucking know what Saviors is come on give me a fucking break <laughs> it is uh, it's, it was the hotly anticipated 14th studio LP by major label rock band Green Day um, it's it's you know something we've kind of been building up to here at Green Dudes um and uh, the Green Day fandom at large has been um, been been really really excited for um, us included. We've we've been been really looking forward to this. Um, it's it's always a special time when when you know Green Day is on the the path to um, to releasing an album, and and then you know the release day release week release weekend that's it's it's a you know i'd say it's a magical time to be a green day fan and uh yes you know connor you and i this week we we you know we were touched by some green day magic um it's it's true yeah it's and and you never really know what's going to happen it's it's you know it's something unpredictable uh but in the end it's right and <laughs> I mean, I I I had the time of my life. Um, kinda, yeah, yep. I hope uh, you did too. I yeah. hope you had the time of your life. Thank, thank you, thank you uh, for saying that. Um, let's start. Let's start at the beginning of the week. You know, we're we're going into the release week. We're we're like, okay, the, the band's going to be on. It's it, you know, they're 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 going to be up to some of their old tricks you know yes. they've, they've got they've got a bag of tricks that that they that they you know walk oh. around with and they just oh yes. yeah yeah and, and they, they they reach in there and grab things and they, you never know what you're gonna get with the with that bag of tricks especially if you live in new york city yeah yeah i mean uh it's it's funny um <clears throat> there there has always been a bit of a uh, magic with um you know when when Green Day is in the city um, that we've kind of both experienced firsthand. Um, you know it's clear that they that the band loves the city. Um, you know obviously New York City is it's the it's it's really the the capital of the world. You, you know I mean well one of the entertainment capitals of the world. Um, so it makes sense. 
And, you know, Connor, you and I, we both kind of live on the periphery of New York City, you know? Well, I live in... I live in Queens, yeah, New York. Yeah, and, and I live kind of in, in the part of Connecticut where people like consider it New York, so it's, we're kind of both okay. on the outskirts. Um, but, if one, but if one of us like lives in New York, like I, mu- I much more live in New York than you do. Well, I mean, we both kind of live on the outskirts, and, and it, it doesn't take us long to get into New York City proper, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, okay. So it, I mean, I, I kind of live there, but yes, well, yeah, yeah, I, 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 get, I get your meaning. It doesn't take as long to get into the city proper. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, th- this episode, we, we, we're going we're, we're, we're gonna to go deep. This is, this is kind of a Green Day Saviors extravaganza supersized special episode of Green Dudes. Um, so don't you worry. We're, 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 we're starting, starting from the top here. We have a lot, uh, you know, we, we got to start the story at the beginning. Um, and the beginning of this story is we, we knew Green Day was going to be in the city. We, we knew that there was this show at Irving Plaza coming up that we were, um, on our hands and knees begging, uh, to get tickets for, um, <clears throat> and d- nobody's uncle reached out uh no no one's uncle no one's father no, no one's, one's aunt no one's aunt no one's niece no one's uh godfather um, yeah no. and nobody it it was this really kind of uh frustrating thing because it's like okay you know 60 winners from the sirius xm uh concert or the the uh, the contest to get into the concert to get tickets, um, so that's that's one hundred twenty tickets total because it's 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 a pair for every winner, and then you know you're thinking Irving Plaza that's like an eleven hundred uh, capacity like are the rest going to be all industry insiders, um, and I mean the answer to that w- ended up being pretty much yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what 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 did happen. Um, luckily for us, though, that that was not all that uh, that Green Day had planned while they were in the city. Um, Connor, I don't know if you want to, you know, jump in from your perspective, but I think it was what, what, what was it Wednesday or Tuesday um, when the subway concert I, and we're not talking about the 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 subway sandwich restaurant oh no we're talking about oh no the subway the choo-choo trains underneath New yes. York city yes the you know s- sort of the the lifeblood of the city itself you know the 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 very the very beating heart the very veins of the city that 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 you know stretch out and, absolutely and, um Throb. you know connect connect people from you know what some people say as the city proper in manhattan <laughs> all all the way to the people on the outskirts correct. you know correct um as as some might say i think that was wednesday but yeah. i you know i my my memory isn't isn't my, that great yeah mine's mine shot it's been a crazy week um it doesn't matter on on wednesday we got word that some things were brewing uh, some happenings were were going on in the subway, and uh, you know, it turns out we kind of we kind of scored. We we uh, we were able to see Green Day in disguise busking at the the Rockefeller Center subway station, 
And let me tell you, it was crazy because nobody knew, nobody there knew that it, <laughs> that it was Green Day. Uh, they they were wearing yeah. these disguises, and, and a bunch of people were like, "Oh, these these old fucks sound pretty good, huh?" And they, yeah, you know, they old mustaches and long it, hair. It, it was funny because you know, you and I, we were we were there. You know, we were there, like thinking we were going to see Green Day. We're like, I okay, know. you know, we we came here to see Green Day. And then these these uh, geezers, yeah. these geezers uh, just strolled out and started playing these instruments, and everybody, everyone's looking at 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 from one to the other, going, "Wait a minute! I thought Green Day was gonna play here." Yeah, yeah, and uh, we're like, "What the frick? This ain't this yeah. ain't Green Day." And then t- you know, to to our shock. To our shock, um, somebody pulled, you know, the the singer of the band pulled his uh, his wig off, and it happened to be Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, also not a member of Green Day. No, he's uh, he's famously a talk show host. So then, so, <laughs> yeah. so that gets even more confusing. We're like, what the, the mystery deepens? What the fuck is happening here? This is crazy. Um, yeah, and then he he then he he reveals. Okay, I'm Jimmy Fallon. This this is Green Day, and then the rest of the band members reveal themselves. And sure enough, we got Mike Durant, we got Trey Cool, we got Jason White, we got Jason Freeze. I don't I don't I'm not sure if Jason Freeze is playing with them. Uh, no, no, and, and we and we have Billy Joe. Um, at, Connor, obviously, we are we're we're you know um, making the story a little bit sillier yeah yeah um, we're, we're taking the piss we're taking you know, the piss we are, of, we're, we're, we're having a, a laugh a good bit. um yeah. but you know you guys listening you wouldn't believe you wouldn't believe how how uh how editing can really make a final product i mean <laughs> they 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 fooled you stupid motherfuckers into thinking that that no one around there that thought it was green day or knew it was green day when in fact Pretty much everybody did, and there was a, yes. a very large crowd lined up waiting for them to arrive and uh, start busking. Um, Connor, you know, what was going through your head in that moment? It was a very, very chaotic scene. We were tipped yeah. off that it was going to happen. We 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 were going to meet up, and uh, we, we both kind of ended up getting there at the, uh, at the right time, um, but ended up getting separated in the madness. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it was kind of funny how it worked out. Um, I quickly went back and checked my pictures just to see, by the way, it was Tuesday, just just to do our due okay, diligence okay. as uh, journalists, you know, as, as the voice of the people. More like our dude diligence. Yes. Wow. We're going to have to use that. That's good. Thank you. That is good right there. Um, it was Tuesday. Anyways. Yeah, it was it was funny because uh, right when I got there, you know, I'm texting you like as I'm walking off the train and, and you're like, yeah, you know, I, I got here just a few minutes ago, you know, and you'll you'll see it like you'll see it. And sure enough, you know, I walk up the steps and there's I'm looking around and then all of a sudden I see there's this crowd and I'm like, well, I guess that's got to be it. So as I walk up there, I'm, I'm calling you, I'm calling you as I'm walking up there and like as I'm talking to you the the crowd starts to like structure itself you know it starts to like coalesce people people are getting into rows it's like this is happening and i'm like oh shit so we weren't really able to figure out where the other one was fast enough and i kind of just hopped in wherever i thought was best um and yeah so unfortunately we were 
split for the performance itself, but like funnily enough, we were pretty much like on exact opposite ends. Yeah, we could like, see each other at each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of a fun so, way to watch the show. It's like I, yeah, I yeah. you know, I'm looking at Billy Joe, that I'm looking up, and oh, hey, hey it's Connor. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, and you know, what was funny is I really thought from like how the the coordinator was kind of like talking to where I was and my my part of the crowd. I thought that like I was gonna get the most shots of like you know being on TV, and yet you got. One of the one of the best close ups of the yeah. night, I have to say. Yeah, no, it's 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 true. I uh my my side profile features um very prominently in in one of the shots and I, I it was a shot that I had no idea was even being taken. I had no idea the person next to me was was filming um with with their phone or whatever, because they had some people that were like in different parts of the crowd filming with, with phones. Um so one of those people must have been right next to me, and I was totally oblivious. Um, yeah, and uh, so so in in the last few uh, days, I've had a few friends reach out, and, and they're like, "Is that you? That's you, right?" Yeah. And and uh, then they're like, "Wait, so the whole thing's fake, or or how does that work?" And I'm like, "Well, not really, kind of, but not really. Like, right? Or did you just happen to be at that subway station while Green Day? You know, you're you're fit the the." the band that everyone knows is your all-time favorite like that, that yes just, that just doesn't that, happen that that would be quite the coincidence yeah, if yeah. it was so um so that was that that's been a thrill it's been a thrill to be on tv and have some some people uh, yeah. reach out to me that's been cool um and you know you you are in there too you can i i, I, I am I, i've been telling people like when they ask <laughs> i'm like yeah connor kelly's yeah. in there too you just have to just get a search for him he's more of like a where's waldo it's, kind of it's thing. true and you know it's funny because we're kind of talking about like the whole um the uh the the i don't know you know i guess the magic trick that they try to pull you know yeah. for, for the viewer here because what they told us just before they started filming was, you know, the whole crowd's going to back up and then we're going to like try to organically, you know, uh, trickle in is the words that they used to make it seem like, Hey, uh, people are just like walking by and stopping to check out these surprisingly talented buskers. Oh my God. It's green day. You know, they, they really tried to set it up to make that look uh, more natural than it was. Because, like you said, there was a crowd of, like, 120 people there already. Um, well before, before they, anyone... Yes. Yeah, before anyone ever fucking yeah. stepped foot um, out. And so, in that whole, like, everyone backs up, then we all move forwards kind of deal, I, I, I very readily accepted that social contract of, like, hey, I guess we're going to, like, kind of casually stroll in, right? Well, obviously fucking not. Like, 20 fucking people jumped in front of me. Like, this that was my day. fucking spot, dude. Yeah. Like, I yeah. should have, you know? I mean, um, it's, it's, you know. it's funny because we, you know, we saw this with the director listening party. We saw this with the Subway show. It's, it's, these people think that they're, like, the, you know, the, the producer of the, of the Jimmy Fallon show and then they're the owner of the record store. Um, when they talk to Green Day fans, they think they're talking to other human beings. Yes. But but really, they're talking to rabid wild animals, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Like they don't know. Yeah, and true. I mean, I so I I knew it was going to be a shit show. I'm, I mean, a whole bunch of security showed up, and uh, 
and I think that helped the matter a little bit. But um, yeah, once once we were supposed to trickle in, it was just a, a stampede almost. And I mean, well, it, it was very satisfying because uh, it's annoying to me that like a bunch of like NBC executives in suits like showed up right before the the band was going to start and they were like standing right in front of where I was. So that was like really annoying. And then when, when the band started playing and like the signal was like a, you know, go ahead for start walking forwards, everyone started running and, and the, those, those suits were just looked like the biggest uh, douchebags of all time. They got, they got trampled or, or they got pushed right. out of the way. And that, that was, that was satisfying. Um, but still there was a whole lot of security and, other uh nbc people that were in front of me that i didn't didn't realize so it i mean it was kind of a a shit show but in a fun way like i i i was able to to see um portions of the performance for most of the most of the time um and and connor you had a good spot uh where where i think you 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 saw a little bit and you also got a, a pretty darn good video too Yes. Yeah. I mean, those those two things are true. And like you said, you know, it, it was just a fun time just to be there. You know, it's yes. just such a unique way to see Green Day. Like, I'm always gonna remember, you know, every time I get off of that subway station, it's like, I fucking saw Green I know. Day here. I, yeah. And, and it was like, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it was a, it's, it's a really weird experience to to, you know, just just be in that crowd and, uh, yeah, it didn't didn't really feel real. Uh, it you know, it was very very strange. I don't know what like like what was going through your head, Connor, when 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 you saw the band come in and and uh you know, we 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 were able to hear some cool songs acoustic. I mean, we you know, they they played uh they played um I feel like making love, which is one of our f- favorite songs of all time. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, it was a, a real treat to hear them cover. It was a treat. We heard uh, basket case, dilemma. Yeah, basket case. Look, mono brains. Uh, rock and roll all rock night. Rock and roll all night. And American and Idiot. American Idiot. Yeah. Yes. Um, which I, I mean, for for an NBC uh, bit on on the Jimmy Fallon show, I thought that was a pretty decent set list. We both kind of got the impression that like, if it wasn't an NBC bit, then you know Billy would would want to play play more because it seemed like he was kind of just just gearing up and getting ready to go. I think so too. It was funny because I at least two times, maybe even three, but at least two times, you could hear Jimmy Fallon asking, "Like, you got one more? Yeah, you got one more? I know. You, got, you know?" And Billy's just like, "Yeah, one more. Like, yeah. let's do it." Like, it, it felt like he would have had one more for a while if, I know. if like you're saying, he he kind of had like uh, the clearance to uh, to do it. But yeah, no, it, it was uh, it was really cool. And then, um, not very long after. You and I saw that very unique, very cool performance. You did get to see a little bit more yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, after the Subway performance happened, I think both of us walked away satisfied. Like, like we had went to the the album release, like, listening party. Um, and then, we, yes. and then we, we somehow fucking ended up seeing green day in the fucking subway like just an incredible strange thing that will that is just like a very special thing um that was on live television or, or you know or broadcast tv nonetheless um 
and you, you know we we knew the Irving Plaza concert was happening, so we I, I I was still convinced at that point that like oh tickets are gonna there's gonna be something with tickets like there's gonna be some kind of giveaway. They were they were playing on Howard Stern the that day that the day after that Wednesday, and so I was like okay Howard Stern Sirius XM they have to be giving away tickets like while they're live. And there was a, and there was a big announcement that they teased, you know? So, so we were like, Oh, are they yes, going to be, right. are they going to be giving away tickets? Are they going to be d- announcing another club show or something? Um, that announcement ended up being that they're playing American idiot and Dookie in full on the saviors tour, which is absolutely thrilling. I think it is. I mean, it's, it is really, really exciting. Yeah. We had like, kind of speculated that maybe that could happen and then we were like nah that's too you know it's like too much they could but it felt like it felt like given the way the set list was for uh the hell omega tour we were like you know what they're probably going to do a mix they're probably going to keep it you know um maybe maybe a little more in line with what they they have been doing and kind of do like the the green day stadium set list yeah that we're yeah you know we're all too familiar with Right. Um, and so, man, I'm just so, so stoked to hear that it's really happening. That yeah. is a, a really big deal. Not, yeah. not, to, not to cut you off there, but like, no, it's really cool that they're doing that. No, no, you're right. And I think it's, uh, I think we, it's something we had to talk about anyways. Like, that's incredible. I mean, to, to hear kind of a, a foundational album for us in a stadium from front to back like that it's that's i I never really thought that that would ever happen um that i mean it's it's going to be incredible there are holy grails like homecoming on that record that i i've been dying to hear live since i was you know 11 years old um yeah so yeah this will be incredible and it it just might have been the uh the thing that that uh changed our minds from not camping out all night like an insane person Uh, to to camping out all night to get on the barrier uh, for whichever yeah. show we choose, um, it just seems like yeah. we have to. <laughs> it seems like it's something. I we know, have I to know. I, I I agree. I really do. It's like we were talking about it before, and, and just like you're saying, it's like ah, eh, you know, maybe we're too old for this shit. But it's like, if not this show, then like what what could it be to like get us to do it? You know, it, it really feels like. Um, just like you're saying, to be able to hear American Idiot front to back live, it it, it is the foundational album. It, it it's the album of all albums for us. It, it was is, like the yes. first album, yes. you know. It is the album. It I mean, it really is. There, there's and I mean, Dookie is amazing as well, and that'll be a, a a super thrill to hear. But but American Idiot live, I mean, that like that's just been uh, like a an unspoken dream of ours i think for forever you know like it's just we have to be there we have to be as close as we can and you know just go all out for it so i think that's the that's gonna be the plan we will we'll we'll discuss it and get there um anyways this howard stern performance it was great it was a really great interview howard stern loves the band it was a lot of fun they they sounded great played cool songs had a great discussion um but they they mentioned the Irving Plaza show a couple times, but nothing about tickets. It's just like, oh yeah, sixty lucky winners. Um, and so then everyone's like, oh, what the fuck? What the fuck? You know? Yeah. And uh, so I I kind of 
well, you know, a little bit disappointed, but but I was like, okay, you know, I've we we've had a good run. Like we've we we had already really enjoyed the release week um, so far, and the album was going to come out too, and the weather was bad, and I'm like, okay, I'll just that's fine. I'm just gonna you know on on album uh, release day, I'll just I'll just really or you know like just enjoy the the fucking album and and just just cozy up and get familiar with it you know um and the the, you know the irving plaza show uh came and went and there were a whole fucking mess of people waiting outside to get in that didn't have tickets and i think about uh you know originally i heard like there's like five people let in i think it's more than that i think it's like around 30 or 40 um which is still not a lot because like that many people had been there since 8 a.m. waiting for the chance by the time you know doors opened there there were like hundreds of people waiting like it was a, it was a very long line it was a lot of people that uh that were turned away unfortunately um and so you know it it's it, it that's just not something that i was going to do uh, waiting all day for the chance of uh getting into the show in in 20 degree weather i think you know connor we and we we were both in agreement on that one um yeah it, it was a little much given the circumstances yeah and you know it it seems like it was a great show it, it really does it seems like it was a great show um and i would have fucking loved to have been there um but and the set list was good they played a lot of cool stuff they did but um I you know I don't want to be cocky or be like oh man you know it, it I I I don't want to uh, rain on anyone on anyone's parade but I mean I I've been to better show like I've been to better shows you know like I've been to I you know I I've been supremely lucky I've been so lucky with um going to cool shows like Irving Plaza 2012 they played 50 songs um I at this show they played 26 songs that's I mean that's a normal uh length but um and in the in the deep cuts weren't weren't super deep the the thing that i really do feel like i i would have loved to be there for were uh hearing bobby socks and uh one-eyed bastard live uh they played those and that would have been a lot of fun to to hear live yeah. um so pretty, i was pretty safe bet that you'll be hearing those at some point i think so maybe not even that that far away now though, no you know? no no i think you're right so so i you know I, I was a little bit disappointed but um i was like okay i'm i'm fucking i'm 30 years old like i'm not gonna fucking like i'm, I'm not 16 anymore i'm not like this this doesn't rule my life right like i'm not gonna i'm gonna be a grown normal adult about this and not like you know you know uh obsess over it i guess um so then you know life goes on friday morning i'm like fuck yeah this is this is the release day i'm gonna just i I had a half day at work and i was like i'm gonna just uh my my plan was i'm i was gonna go and get some um edibles and then just like just hang out and chill and listen to the to the album um like on repeat um and I I was working that morning and I I happened to just be scrolling Twitter because I'm I'm constantly on Twitter at work. Um so it wasn't really it's not it wasn't like that much of a coincidence that I was on Twitter at that point because I'm always on Twitter. Um but I was notified it was like uh, you know they uh, Green Day had like a cheeky little uh announcement where they're like they're like you know 
uh, we we got we, we you know we had some surprises up our sleeves. We're we're you know we're we're in New York. And we're gonna do a a, a show at Rough Trade Records. Uh, surprise, um, but you know very limited availability. And so right away, you know, like my my heart is like just pounding out of my chest, and like I'm like fuck, fuck, fuck. Um, and so I I I got that uh, I I got to the uh, website to buy tickets. Um, 22 seconds after the like the announcement was posted and i i immediately like put a ticket into my car it was only allowing me to do one and um i was like fuck i got i got here in time i was so excited i was like i was like i i i, I felt so lucky like what th- is this is this gonna happen is this really happening and then um it's like okay we're gonna we're gonna uh text you a security code and then I'm like waiting and waiting and waiting and, and the, the service where I'm at was like bad. So I was freaking out. And then eventually uh, by the time I punched in the code, it had timed out and I was, and, and then it, it told me that the tickets were sold out. And so, um, instead of, instead of being like, ah, oh, man, ah, oh, rats. Oh, well I tried, you know, <laughs> like having a normal reaction. I, I obsessively refresh the page for, literally connor for 25 minutes for 25 minutes and two times during that that 25 minute period uh the tickets were back on sale and both of those times the same thing happened and and i i was screwed over um now at (laughs) at the end of the 25 minutes a miracle happened somehow it it went back on sale. Somebody's tickets, you know, uh, dropped out of their cart or whatever, and the security code went through in time, and I and I made it through, and I I, I was able to get one ticket. Um, and uh, you know, th- this entire time, my boss is like literally like it's 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 very funny because I you know I work at a uh, at like a podiatry office, so that's a foot doctor for those unfamiliar. Yes. Uh, a doctor of of the foot um and you know <laughs> dur- during that 25 minute period we we had one patient that was like that we were finishing up and so i was like checking checking out and like booking a follow-up appointment but like i was like multitasking so i was like i, w- I was like kind of having conversations with them like while while refreshing my phone and then after that, my my you know the doctor who I work for was like trying to have a conversation with me, and I'm just like compulsively doing this on my phone. Like in in my head, I'm like, yeah, like I this is rude, but I just don't I don't care in that moment. I just don't yeah. care. Like I'm sorry. Um, and so she she just kind of accepted it and uh, walked away. And and eventually, um, my my uh, persistence paid off. Um, and I I I was fucking shocked. And, um, I, it, it, it was a very snowy day. I, I may have called and convinced the last patients to, uh, postpone their appointment because of the snow, just so I could get out a little bit earlier. Um, Uh, you know, it 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 kind of was a, a win win because because they could have you literally you literally shuffled things around at work. You literally actually convinced real patients to reschedule their appointments this so is, you could go see a green day show this is a real thing this is a real thing that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's you know and, and i don't feel that That's bad nuts. about it 
it was snowing. It was snowing pretty bad, and they were already no, concerned. no. I mean, one of them yes. was in a wheelchair, so it's like it yeah. made sense. But also, I was not, I, I was not asking them for their safety. It was for my benefit. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's just one of those things where it worked out for for every party it's- involved. It's funny because at the beginning of the story, you know, you were like, oh, you know, I, yeah, didn't go see the Irving Plaza show. Would have liked to have done that. Whatever. I'm 30. Going to have a nice, normal adult reaction yeah. about that. And then, like, you just, you went into, like, this deranged headspace. Like, yeah, you, you completely crumpled, I you did. know, the, the, the moment it was in your grasp. I, it's like fucking Lord of the Flies. It, like, exactly everything it. falls apart, you it's know? exactly it. Nothing was going to get oh in my, my way. God. Nothing was going to get in my way. You I, are a fucking madman. Yeah, I, I, um, I mean, if the, if the patients didn't reschedule, I probably would have lied and said I something happened and I had to leave and so I just No, was, you would have left. I oh, would have for left. sure you would have I would have left. Um that's just how that's just how it goes and uh you know I make no apologies for that. Um and I mean it, it is funny cuz like I I was feeling like proud of myself. I was like, man, I'm like this is like adult Connor, you know, for a Green Day release. Like he's just happy with what he what, what, what with what he's got and happened and uh and then yeah, the second they they announced some other shit. I, I I go feral, and you even were like, "What the fuck is up with them? Like doing, like pulling all these stunts? Like can't they just fucking yes. relax? Like I, like I don't yes. want to have to deal with this bullshit." Yes, no, because I, I, we I, I I called you from work when I had some time towards the end of my day, and um, you were like, "Oh man, like I'm I'm so sorry. I tried to get a second ticket. You know, I, you know, I, I'll, yeah, I I'll, did. I'm still on. I know, I know you did." And I love you for it, and I appreciate it. And if you had gotten that ticket, man, I told you that too. That they, if if you had gotten that ticket, I would have gone. But you know, you were like, oh well, you know, word is that they they have hidden wristbands around the city, and you can go on their Instagram for clues, and you know, yeah, and maybe if you wait, you know, rough trade's pretty small. Maybe if you wait out there, like maybe you know, you could hear it from outside, or they might let you in. Or and I'm just like Connor, Connor, I can't. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot do this um it was it's fucking snowing outside if i don't have a guarantee that i will be in that building yeah i cannot do it it's in the yeah. end um I mean, it's, it's insane it's an insanity and but i i, I love you well, for doing it man i th- do thank you this is i i'm gonna say right here this is the last time i ever do anything like this ever uh, next album cycle you will not see me uh stooping to these lows um, that's what I said last time too. Uh, yes, I know. <laughs> what? So something else you said when when you were talking on the phone out because 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 yeah, I I had heard that you know from uh, like employees at Rough Trade that uh, the plan was they're gonna hide some wristbands around the vicinity of the of the record store like like around the uh, um, side streets and stuff like that and post on Instagram for clues and kind of the fans that missed out will have a chance to to get the tickets or, or to get the wristbands to get in. And, and, you know, your words were like, I'm not going to fucking fight with 18 year old girls to, to, you know, to, to yeah. get a wristband in, you know, for, you know, for the show. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, that, that, that is how it would be. And then I got there and, uh, you know, the one thing you were wrong about is, is it would have been 30 year old men too. <laughs> they're, they're, like, everybody, Everybody lost their shit. That's now that's like a level that like 
I don't yeah. think I don't think I could I don't think I could do that. Like I I'm not gonna you know first off because I don't think I would win playing that game, and also because people people get really they get rabid. They they like really turn into a. I mean, Lord of the Flies really is a great uh, point of comparison there, because because that's what I was watching while waiting in line the the entire time. Yeah, and oh my God, I mean, like men older than us, like as well as eighteen year old girls. Um, yes, and, and <laughs> you know, I, the, I uh, the full breadth of human experience. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I was just like chilling in line or like literally chilling in line. It was very, very cold. Um, it was very, very cold. And I was talking to some people that I kind of, some people I kind of knew from other shows and some other, you know, people who we were just talking about green day, you know, the, the, the shared green day experience. Um, and I was just like joking. I was like, Oh man, I can't believe I'm, I'm 30 and I'm still doing this shit. And, uh, then, then they just like were silent and and both of them were just like, yeah, like I'm I'm 32. I don't feel weird about it. Oh, and I'm like, oh my God. okay, sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh my bad, my bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't mean to step on your toes. And and then um and then Ranch exploded in my backpack. So, <laughs> <laughs> it got all over my hands. Yeah. What the fuck was that? You texted me about that. Like, you're like ranch exploded. <laughs> you're like everyone hates me. And, yeah. And then that's when they stopped talking to me. Yeah. Uh, oh my because god. I was like, wow. oh, there's ranch in my bag. Because like, I because I had to eat before going to the show. So like, I brought chicken wings. I ate I ate chicken wings on the train. I was like, I need to eat something. So. I, I I brought chicken wings on the train and I was like, okay, I'm gonna throw this away at Grand Central. Um, I so I put it in my backpack. I put it, it was like a, a a closed container, um, and then I forgot to throw it out, and and the the land the the, the ranch ended up leaking out. And um, oh my god, uh, yeah, and so I had to. It was a big mess, but um, you really are fucking crazy, and you know it's it's funny because it's like we can. We can point the finger all we like and, and be like, man, you know, those those wristband Green Day fans, you know, they're, they're the ones who are really nuts. And yet, you know, who who's the fucking guy who moved heaven and earth at his job to fucking hop on a train? Yeah, you know, it's, it's... make it down there for the show and then turns out to be the dude with ranch all over his backpack, <laughs> you know, on, t- on top of it all. So uh, it's it's just different. Different shades of the same shit. Yeah, you know? yeah, I think I think that's true. It's you know, I, I I am a big fan of throwing rocks in a glass house. That's kind of my thing. Um, yes, of course. But anyways, so this this fucking show, Connor, um, it it was easily the the smallest venue I'd I'd ever seen. Green Day or any artist uh, that that was you know um major label or or somewhat big it was it was insanely small i'm not sure if you've been to this rough trade records i have not it's it it's it's tiny they they moved from their brooklyn location to to just it's it's like it's like the size of a starbucks if if that and so yeah the the brooklyn location i mean the record store place was pretty damn big really yeah and then the stage they had was like not the biggest, but like you know, big enough for like an actual show. Like exactly, you could have yeah. like a real show there, you know. Yeah, yeah. And this, this it sounds like there's not even a stage, right? It's like they just fucking there's played no right in the store. There's no stage. It's literally just just their equipment was like shoved into 
the corner of the store and um we were we were all let in single file i was about 10th in line um and so i i ended up having like a, a very 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 clear view the entire time i like very very close to the band closer than i've ever been to the band ever um and they yeah they they walked right through the crowd to get to to get to the uh you know their instruments and stuff and um I yeah I, I saw them play a a really great twelve song acoustic set like two feet away from me it it it, it was incredible um, life affirming um, I you know I I don't know I I um I I, I kind of feel like to me and, and this kind of goes into how I feel about the record too um, it really you know feels like man it's it's been a fucking bad year it's been a really mm. fucking bad year for me um and like I, I just feel like man i really needed a win you know I, I just like really needed a big win and and this this was this was that this was that um it it was i mean i i i don't really have words to say um you know all the songs sounded amazing acoustic i i heard warning for the first time which was incredible um mm, yeah i i i bawled my eyes out to dil- to dilemma um and the band like themselves that it, it you know billy billy had a speech at the end where um where where he said that 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 this was like the like one of the best days of their lives as a band um with this record release and it was really really heartfelt and um sincere and uh yeah i don't know i just kind of you know i feel like in that moment i kind of just really let let myself go and just kind of soak it all up and it was uh yeah it was like it was an out-of-body experience for me wow well i'm i'm you know truly very happy for you that that you were able to have that experience and 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 even you know sort of have that catharsis because um, I I know how important that is and um, that's that's just really special that like that was that was able to happen through Green Day and and even sort of with Green Day it sounds like yeah um, yeah and on top of all that what you fucking high fived Mike Dern no so I I I patted Mike on the back. I I he, I don't think he even clocked it. He, he was walking away. You know, they, they were all like shuffling through the crowd to get back, and security was around them. I was like, I was like, Mike, great job on the album, and I patted him on the back, and he was like, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't even know if he heard me, but I, then I did. I high five Trey. I, I did high five wow, Trey. Wow, yeah. Um, I everybody was swarming Billy, and I didn't want to be the guy who was like high five billy and then he just he's he just is too distracted to see me so i yeah so yeah. i i let that one go but um but yeah it it it, it was it was very it was, it was it was really cool and i you know i i, I was just uh it, it, it was awestruck you know um then i got a like then i got a fucking signed lp too with like the price of the ticket and so right here dude got, yes it's it's yeah yes fucking incredible. that is fucking sick yeah um yeah i mean and the the set was great like you know we got um i got we, we got the american dream was killing me uh look mono brains dilemma 1981 was that was the the first time they played it acoustic it was really really cool 
Um, and we got uh, All By Myself, Trey. Trey sang. That was a lot of fun. I, have we heard that live, Connor? All By Myself? I, I kind of feel like actually maybe we have. I think we have, yeah. I, I would have to double check, but it's that's one of those songs that like you would think the answer would be no but i i really do think we've heard that one live yeah, i'm pretty sure i have yeah yeah um that it was i was just yeah it was really special and uh the new song sounds great and it just kind of was you know an, an amazing way to start the like the release weekend um and of course i i i wish you were there you know it would have been 10 times better with my best friend by my side um but yeah it's i was okay. you know I was, I, as in, as in all things, I, I consider myself to be spiritually present with you at all. You times. absolutely were. You absolutely were, and um, it would have been really funny to watch you running around trying to find a wristband, <laughs> fighting off the, the zombie right, horde. I'm, I, I'm just uh, you know barely keeping pace, running back and forth, and uh, you're just sitting there covered in ranch. Yeah, you know? exactly. Just, uh, like how things should be. Yes. Um, one moment that, that that I want to point to that was really cool was um, I, I was watching a bunch of new interviews on the way to uh, Rough Trade, like while well, I was on the on the train to New York, and Billy pointed out um, like one old video uh, where they were playing a backyard, and 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 he was talking about how um, there's only one working microphone, so him and Mike had to share the microphone, and and he's like, yeah, that was like a really special moment. Like, like it just, like, like I just really thought that was really sweet, and and uh, you know, I just love that. And and during this, there were multiple times uh, during the show where where like Billy moved around, like signaled to Mike so they could share the same mic and and uh, sing along. It just it's, it's you know kind of a, a fun and sweet sweet moment. That is cool. Yeah. And even just before we started talking. You had asked me if I had seen the Bobby Sox video, and I said no, no, I hadn't. And you were like, "Oh fuck, we gotta watch the Bobby Sox yeah, video, man. Yeah. We, we have to watch the Bobby Sox video before we talk." We and I'm to. like, "Okay." And they make a point of having that shot, you know, of of having exactly. uh, Billy and Mike sing yeah. on the same mic there. So and, that's that's cool that that's on his mind. And it is it, it's the the video is set in a backyard, so I feel like that is just that's the inspiration for the for the video right. itself you know yes um yeah that's what that's what they're pulling from yeah. yeah and i mean connor that's that's a good segue now into uh uh they they dropped the, the bobby socks video um on uh at, at midnight on on release day uh, i know connor you just watched it now um we're not gonna yes. dwell we're not gonna dwell on this because we we're gonna we're we're jumping headfirst into the fucking album and shared our thoughts on on that as a whole um but quickly, Connor, what what were your thoughts on the the Bobby Sox video? It's you know it's cool. I kind of went through this weird um, thought process where I was like, you know, I really love the way it's shot. It's it's made to you know look very um, you know grainy and kind of like a home video, right? Yeah, it's, yep. it's meant to be like very very sort of like grassroots, kind of like we're just having a punk rock party and and hanging with our friends and it's sort of a celebration of like music and love and like i i'm like yeah you know sweet i love all that and then i i kind of my thoughts sort of like continued slash maybe even spiraled a bit where i'm like you know i'm i'm pretty sure for this video they they had a lot of like fans come just to like be part of it too but i'm like 
I'm willing to bet like they got some actors here or or whatever the case is as well. And I'm like, well, it's kind of funny that like you know you would make uh, this thing that like on the at face value seems like sort of a very genuine like hey let's all hang out kind of deal. I think maybe it was on my mind because of the subway show and how you know it was portrayed and broadcast as this very spur of the moment uh sporadic kind of thing and yet being there well you know we know how coordinated and facilitated it all was didn't didn't take away from it right but that was sort of on my mind watching the video where i'm like well you know this this ultimately is um really, really people, like, given direction to do that, right? So I'm like, does that sort of take away from that? And then I'm like, well, no, actually, because if that were true, then no movie or show or any piece of art you ever watch would ever mean anything because, you know, everyone is just an actor being told or, yeah, uh, you know, encouraged to do something. So it's like, if a piece of art can, like, make you feel something through the way that people... uh performed and portrayed themselves then like ultimately that is the goal right it's like the 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 end result really is the efforts of all those people in the video and so i think i kind of got my head up in my ass a little bit while i was watching it but but what i mean is um do you want me to pull it out for you i no i think i got it in the end but thanks man but i but i kind of had this like full circle thing where i went back to my first my first thought and i was like well i guess that's it right you know it it really does feel like sort of a, a, a very sweet and uh, almost almost a kind of wholesome sort of like reminiscence to it, and they they spend a lot of time focusing on uh, all the people who are there, you know, people of different races and genders and sexual orientations, and it, it just feels like. Um, they're really sending a, a message of, um, you know, just supporting love in all its various forms. Yeah, and I, I think that's absolutely. really worthwhile. So yeah. it's it's a it's a great video and a, and a great song for that. On top, yeah, of it. totally. I think it I think it enhances. Well, I think the I think the video enhances the, the song and the song enhances the video. I think it's uh, yeah. They, they really work in tandem like that. To to your uh, thoughts on. Um, the you know actors in the video or or the cast in the of of the video, um, I cannot say for certain that there's no actors in the video, but um, I know for sure that the the vast majority um, are actual fans and um, bands and friends of bands that they're friends with. Um, because even on on Reddit, there's like posts like, "Look, it's me and my boyfriend." That that you know, we they they shot us kissing for the video. That like it's genuine people, genuine couples and mm-hmm. stuff uh, um, that are featured. So so yeah, I I I, I think it's as pre, you know as close to to the real deal as as you can get. Even I mean, I think your point still stands that even if it was all actors, the the message would remain. But I think the fact of the matter is that the vast majority are not actors. Even the people that are featured in close-ups are are, are real. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. That's that's even cooler. It, it really feels like, um, given all the things that we talked about here, it's funny because you know Green Day, they they are so, so big, right? Like truly one of the biggest active rock bands in the world. Yes, they're up there. You know, um, 
And so as they are releasing this new record, there sort of is this tightrope I feel like they have to walk between like hyper commercialism and their punk rock ethos and totally. um you know their their more old school sort of know-how and uh, their morals and um you know there's there's always going to be a kind of tension there and we've we've talked about that several times over already um on other episodes in the podcast but it it's it's kind of moments like these moments like all the moments that we've discussed on the lead up to getting to our album discussion here that I think really highlight that um, you might argue on the successfulness of, you know, do they accomplish that or not? I'd wager that both of us would say that they do, right? But even to the more cynical crowd, I don't think that you could say they don't try, right? Because we're we're talking about them playing a, a, a show that, yes, it ultimately it's broadcast on TV for Jimmy Fallon to promote their album. Like, yes. But anyone who was there, not just uh, super Green Day fans who got the tip off online, anyone who was there in the subway could have stopped and listened. Like, that that, that was yeah. that really was there in public in a real working, active subway station. Absolutely. And, and, it, 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 and it was free. And, I mean, sorry to cut you off here, but I think, no, no, I no. think an important thing to, to say is that... Um, I, I don't think it is uh, beyond the pale to say that most bands, most bands of Green Day's caliber, you know, whether it's U2 or Maroon 5 who have done uh, the, the subway busking thing on Jimmy Fallon before, I don't think they, I don't think bands like that would usually tip off their fan base beforehand. I, I don't think that's a priority to them. I, and I could be totally wrong. I, you know, I don't really have much knowledge of their fan base, but... The way I see it is, you know, having somebody from Green Day's team tip off fans before that happens shows they really care about the fans and, and like, really uh, care about fostering that connection and, and having cool experiences with, with, with you know, with them. Um, that's true. So yeah, because otherwise fun. it's, like, what are the odds that you would be there, right? Yeah, so that, that, yeah. That's true that they they kind of try to maintain that secrecy and give people the opportunity for the, for the super fans. And, um, and I was just going to go on to say even the other examples that we've gone over, like the, the the rough trade thing, right? Like, again, like it, it, it's tough because they are so huge that it feels insane, you know, and, and almost, exclusionary maybe considering how many people would want to be a part of that and and how few people actually can be a part of it. Um, but, but just the fact that they really do still try to play those small shows. And I'm sure there were a bunch of people outside the store listening, you know, there were, yep. And then sure enough, ending with, uh, our talk in the music video and, and, and that they're really incorporating, um, real fans, real friends. Uh, it, it, it feels like at every turn, even though they always have to be in like constant sort of balance and understanding with their status. And honestly, I think some of that comes across on the album itself that we're about to be talking about very shortly. Um, they, they, they really do, um, maintain a consistent effort to, to try and, um, 
I guess, stay as grounded as possible and incorporate as many people as they can, no matter no matter how big they are. And yeah, that is yeah. special. It is. I, I I couldn't agree more. I think that's um. I think that's one thing that's always separated them from from the herd, and I think it has. It's never really been more apparent than now. Um. So you know, it's it's cool that they're at this point where. Uh, you know, it's 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 still they, they they still have that connection and um still work to foster it. Um now, Connor, I think we are overdue for a discussion or the main event, hmm. some might say. The fucking album. The fourteenth Green Day LP Saviors. It's out. It's been out for a few days now. We we have had we we've had a couple of days to 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 digest it. And is that is that really enough to to have a uh, um strong opinion on on these things? I think you know, I, th- I think there's there's going to be a lot that's in flux, but I think we have a much better idea of uh of what this this monster looks like now than we than we did when we were talking about it uh, during the the uh, record listening party. Absolutely. And on top of that, even though I know we've had kind of a long build up to our album discussion here, I, you know, it's, it's worthwhile to go through like, Hey, what was the record release like uh, that, that week leading up to it? I'm glad we got to talk about all yeah, um, our, our various events. That's, that's really cool. Um, and I'm sitting here having a, a drink, um, just one drink, you know, keeping it light. Uh, because also, when when you and I had that initial uh, discussion on Saviors after our uh, the the listening event, I listened back to that, and turns out I was pretty fucking drunk, like <laughs> pretty, like pretty fucking drunk actually. Oh, and the thing on is, the podcast. Yes, on the podcast. Oh, oh yeah, you were. You yeah. You, I you I. Sure were. I listened back to that and I was like, wow, I feel so bad for all the people listening to this because I just made the same point over and over <laughs> again, like rambling, <laughs> rambling and drawing no. out. The sa- and I'm like, listen, I- I'm sure I do that well enough when I'm sober, but I- I'm happy to take another crack at this, a proper crack at our yeah, album yeah, discussion yeah. here because I-, I feel like not only have I digested it, like you said, and understood it uh, a little bit more on some repeat listens and looking at the lyrics. But I am in a sharp and powerful headspace right now. Oh, hey, I'm ready I, to talk about it. I love to hear it. Um, this is kind of like the opposite of the Dilemma Chorus. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. I was drunk, but now I'm sober again. That's yes, you. yeah, we, we flipped it on its head a bit. Um, hell yeah. Uh, well, hey, I'm I'm excited to hear hear uh, the the change of that time and a uh, clear headspace brings. Um, yeah, Connor, where where do you want to start? I I know um, the album itself leaked in high quality on Thursday, I think on Thursday afternoon. Right. That's um, right. Wh- when's the first time you listened to this thing front to back um, in in uh, high quality? It, it was release day, and it, you you had even sent me the leak, and I, yeah. I, I appreciated I it. I didn't expect you to download it to, to go, no, to, no, to go to that I, trouble. 
I know. Um, I, I certainly could have, but um, I found myself uh, maybe too busy with adult responsibilities that night. So yeah, of course you're not like you know it's, it's going to release in, in like six hours. Yeah, you know? yeah it's right. Like, it's like who can I get fucking wait? What kind you know? of maniac can't wait six hours to? <laughs> yeah, no, to listen, someone you know? someone truly deranged. What kind you know, of what kind truly. of wacko downloads you know uh, fifteen tracks on a Google Drive on his lunch break just in yeah in, you know gets back late from his lunch break just because he was listening to the record it's like yeah no who, i don't, I don't know that be? i don't know who i don't know who that would be but i, I don't want to meet that person let's no, just say that. no 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 you don't <laughs> um but yeah so so uh on, re- on release day on the 19th was the first time i really sat down and had a proper headphone listen okay um and then i've been like listening to it in my uh i listened to it on my commute that nice. day too in the car um, listen to it, doing the dishes. And then, uh, yeah, today I, I, I had a very dedicated listen to it, headphones on, taking notes as I was going through it track by track. Hell yeah. Uh, so I guess all said, I, I, I think since it's come out, I know these are going to be rookie numbers compared to what you have done, you heathen. But I, I can confidently say I've listened to it front to back four times. Not, hey, that's good. That's that's a good number. I um I don't know how many times I've listened to it front to back. It hasn't exactly been like I'm not listening to this just like straight through, just like back to back to back to back to back. Like I I am very consciously giving myself uh, room to breathe and process. Um, as much as it pains me to do so, like I'll I'll f- force myself to throw on the new Alkaline Trio album. Or uh, listen to a podcast or something, but I have listened to it a good handful of times. Um, and Connor, I think it's safe to say that this this sounds fucking amazing. It 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 this yeah. It's it's produced so fucking well. It just sounds huge. Yeah, it's true. Um, who the fuck produced this album? Just some like no name fucking loser who uh uh get those words out of your mouth because this fucking this this is the this is the fourth member of green day you're talking about wow okay mr robert mr robert h cavallo (laughs) yeah the man Um, the myth the legend yeah no it 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 really does sound fantastic and I, i mentioned a couple times you know, oh, having a having a headphone listen. Well, it really makes a difference yeah, for this absolutely. record. Like things are just so clear and crisp and well layered. It, it really kind of feels like you can sort of focus in on any part of the song that you want if you just sort of like shift your attention one way or the other, um, because it's like everything's there. You know, it's, yes. it's all present. It's all connected and working together it's uh yeah it's just like super fucking crisp man i love it it's super crisp and in every you know every element of green day is accentuated properly like um you know you you can't always say that about about the band like i I think there's a common um criticism of of later work that i don't think is totally unfounded that um you know, Mike's Mike's bass is not um, not audible, or it's not given the space that it, it was given in the '90s. Um, 
which is which is true for for a variety of reasons production or songwriting you know they they they, they changed the way they they uh, wrote songs um uh, with more lead guitar parts um and so you know one of the key parts of green day sound was kind of maybe pushed to the wayside a little bit um on this record that's that is nothing to worry about mike's mike's bass is is uh is one of the the best parts of this record he is all over this thing um i i i don't know i think there's there's highlights in every song of of his playing um and so that that was one of the first things that really just kind of floored me um i i i really felt like uh they kind of gave him the keys to the car and we're just like, you know, mm. have at it, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that really was, um, a welcome surprise and it's, um, pretty, pretty in your face and undeniable on tracks. Like, uh, we were just talking about Bobby socks has that great moment. I think after yeah. one of the choruses where like the song kind of drops out and the bass sort of carries it. And yeah, then, I love um, it. On Susie Chapstick, he has some really strong, clear playing. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it it, it really is. Um, it, it does feel like a a really connecting sort of presence, and um, it's 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 great to hear. Just like you said, it is, and it's not even. Um at the expense of some of the things like the lead guitar parts that they have. Um, you know, started writing more and more since American Idiot. It 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 kind of feels like it's it's all of the best parts of Green Day kind of uh, coalescing together in a way that that really just works. It just really mm. works very well. Um, now, Connor, you know, I I, uh, I know we 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 have thoughts on individual songs, but from a general perspective here. Um, what what were your your main takeaways? What what were the you know what's the big picture for you, um, listening to this um, uninterrupted on release day and and onward? Um, I guess it's sort of this feeling of really appreciating. I don't know, like how familiar and different i think the the record feels because there's um several moments on the album where i'm like oh you know this kind of feels like it's drawing on this past green day song or or this past green day like feel or vibe or whatever you want to call it right it's like all the all the pieces are there It, it feels like at once sort of like a natural evolution and then also it's it's not at the expense of having any moments of um surprise or differentiation in the sound um because there's some green day songs on this record that i don't think would feel at home on any others you know it's there, there, there are some truly unique savior songs that you could certainly say like oh yeah well it's kind of pulling on this or and it's like yeah sure sure it is but it's it's building off of it. It's, it's not, um, it's not copying it, you know? And and so I'm happy that saviors has a sound all its own. And yet it's like completely identifiable as a green day album. That's absolutely. 
a, a trick that, you know, Green Day has pulled many times um, since their sort of, like, re-evolution and, and you know, uh, continuing on in their, their modern career. But um, I guess it still leaves me impressed because it's just so... It's like, you know, if, if you listen to any number of bands for a long enough time chances are you're eventually going to listen to an album that you feel like is kind of derivative or kind of tired or like they're kind of phoning it in. You know, it's honestly, it, it's a natural part of like being plugged into the, the music industry and, and feeling like, you know, you got to get another record out there or, you know, whatever it is like for, for whatever reason, you know, you're, you're making something that either maybe your whole heart isn't in, or if it is, it's it's at a point where like you're 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 not building anymore, you know, and um, I I can safely say that that Green Day still is they're they're still taking their sound and their their music into um, new directions, yeah. and I'm just so grateful that 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 remains true because I think that's one of the the best parts about being a Green Day fan for as long as we have been is. It, it never feels like a new Green Day album is disposable. It, it, it's never like, oh yeah, you know, this one's fine, whatever. It's it, it's it's always its own thing. It always matters, and this one does too. Yeah, no, I think that was well said. You're absolutely right. Um, I I I do want to kind of echo that. Like, it's it is insane to take a step back and think. Uh, you know, your favorite band that you had when you were 11 years old is is still putting out records that um, that are this vital when you're 30. Um, it's 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 insane. It, it doesn't it doesn't really happen. Um, and so it's it's yeah, it's it's definitely something that um, you know I'm 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 not I am not. Um, unaware of you know it's it's uh how how rare it is um yeah i i i but the, the the biggest takeaway i have from from this record as a whole really is you know i i i i love it right away i i i i kind of you know fell in love with it um and like every green day album it 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 makes me feel understood um in in a way that you know no other band does on any other album um <clears throat> and so it, it it does that in a, in a very powerful way like it's it's uh it, it it just it it feels it feels good to be to to uh you know feel like this is uh this is home you know it feels it 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 uh you know feels feels good to have uh ha- have a piece of art that that does kind of um uh, really resonate in a way that that you know sh- at this point you know maybe should be expected but but it, it every time it kind of takes you by surprise and and you're like damn wow, this is this is green day this is why why i i've loved them for so long um there's yeah. so many moments on this record that that make me make me feel that way um yeah and uh, you know you're 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 right and uh one of the things too that that I, that I was kind of wondering is in the promo leading up to this there there was a lot of um of of talk about you know they're promoting 
the 20th anniversary of Mary Kennedy, the 30th anniversary of Dookie. Um, and there is some kind of talk about how Saviors bridges that gap between both monumental albums. And leading up to listening to the full thing, I was like, I, you know, that just really kind of seems like a uh, kind of like a narrative for promo of mm. of the record they're like how can we tie this all up and and promote this this new album while also promoting the anniversaries and that makes sense but after listening to the album as much as i have i i really <clears throat> do get it um it it feels like you know not it, it doesn't feel like old green day it doesn't feel like new green day it just feels like green day um in in a way that i don't think you know reverad did or father of all did and i love those records obviously but uh it, it just it just kind of seems like um that all i all of the 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 main ingredients are there and working together in a way that uh that that uh yeah you know i i think you said it best when it's 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 not just like derivative of older work it's it's building off of um off of their past material and off of their their catalog um in in a way that's that's really really cool and really satisfying um all right song by song by song by song i i do yes i do want to go through the track list We, we are going to re go through the track list um but i just i hadn't heard that idea that uh-huh. Saviors is kind of like this bridge between Dookie and American Idiot. Are you saying, is that something that the bands themselves have sort of been, um, yeah. you know, mentioning, saying that, themselves? That has been in the messaging. Billy has said that. Um, and it's nothing explicit. Like, it's not a, it, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's more of a, uh, an abstract idea or thought, but, but, um, yeah, yeah. Before really listening to it, I, I didn't really give it much attention, but but I do, I do think I understand what they what they mean. Yeah, that is intriguing because the American idiotness of Saviors, I think, is pretty clear, and and we we thought that right from the get go with the American Dream is killing me. But I think there's even other moments, you know, that um, I'm like, okay, like I I, I can I can see that, like I get that. Um, and I, I can, I can sort of get where the Dookie. Um, I don't know if I want to say influence, but but you know, sort of feeling might might be on this record too. But I, I, I guess I just mean I, I think it's very intriguing because I certainly did not have that thought. But it's interesting that coming from them, like that's something kind of circulating around their minds. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I, have I think to think more about that, but it's a cool idea. It is a cool idea, and I think it's it it is kind of all in retrospect, like you know, sure. after after the creation of the record, like it wasn't right. This, I don't think this it was, was not the goal. No, yeah. it wasn't the intention. Um, but it makes sense to me because again, there are elements of classic Green Day, there are elements of new Green Day. Like I said, it just feels like Green Day. Like um, mm, mm-hmm. you know, I I think maybe. Uh, boiling it down to oh, American Idiot or Dookie, I think that kind of um, simplifies it a little bit too much. I think I I think really the 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 bridge is between like old era Green Day and new era Green Day. Um, right. 
that that's a good way of looking at yeah. it. Yeah, too. Not those, not so much those specific albums, but those are just kind of like the the representatives of of each era, I guess. Right. This is, and you know, I mean, it it, it is interesting. Like, it's it's something I'm going to really want to keep in the back of my mind because, um, you know, just to have them acknowledge those two huge like paradigm shifts in their career, right? Um, everyone, including Greeny themselves, obviously have, have been very much aware of like the distinction between, um, those two parts of their, uh, music career. So that it's not a surprise. It's not weird to, to hear them talk about it. Um, but it is, it is funny to think about like how, Oh, you know, maybe that, that wasn't there. That that has not been their consideration on like the trilogy or Revrat or right. It's it's not about like the combination, and yet here, there there is a bit of that, and it, it's it's funny to kind of go, you know, it's almost like they're going back to a period of time because obviously um, that jump from their older career to what we would consider to be like their their modern career. Well, that's two thousand four, baby. That's yeah. twenty years ago. Like it's a we're long saying. time ago. And so to be like commenting on that shift and even maybe to be a little bit inspired by that shift in in their sound on this record, it's interesting that like intentionally or not, that that they're kind of like recognizing or thinking about like, you know, hey, maybe we were sort of like drawing on that. Yeah. Whereas I, I feel like they, they haven't been so upfront about that before you know no i know i think you're right and i think a big part of it is like well we took this huge leap and it paid off last time or or both both times really we 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 really took a risk here and uh and this time they're like you know well i think it's time to take a leap again but we're gonna take everything that we have learned from both both uh chapters of our career and kind of jump into the next one and that doesn't mean that the intention was for it to be a monumental album like Dookie or American Idiot. You know, we're we're probably not going to have um, uh, Savior's 20 year anniversary stadium tour in in 20 years. You know, but um, I I do think that that their the entirety of their catalog was taken into consideration and um, you know you use kind of as like a fuel to uh, to propel themselves into the next stage. Hmm. Well, that that is really cool to consider, and I think with that all being said, let's get into The American Dream is Killing Me. This fucking song, man. Again, we... This fucking song. This fucking song. I, I, I uh, I, you know, obviously this was the first one we heard, <clears throat> and uh, you, you can kind of, you, you can get a little bit tired of singles. Uh, I think that that's fair. That happens. I mean, just the way this fucking record opens is mm-hmm. it's it's one of the most epic intros to to a Green Day record. Hard stop, you know. I think it's it's uh, and it's, I I love it even more now that it's not um, indicative of of the the sound as a whole. Um, yes, it's uh, I I don't know. I think I think the singles have largely. Um, gotten better within the context of the album and uh this one is is a great example of that for me yeah i'm happy to say that i agree and it's a big surprise for me because when i was thinking about this song as a single 
I felt like, you know, it had a sort of cheesy, corny energy to it, to me. Where I was like, especially as like the lead single, you know, I was like, it it really did feel like very clearly drawing on that American Idiot sound. And, and I, I liked it for that. I really did. Um, but at the same time, there was something that like, I guess maybe it was kind of hard for me to put my finger on where I, I, I was thinking like, well, so if this isn't what the record's going to sound like, then sort of like, what is this doing here? You know, is this like some weird outlier? And, um, we sort of touched on this on our initial discussion, but I'm completely with you when you said the more you listen to the song, the more you like it, because that's how I feel too. And one of the big turnarounds for me as well was when I first heard it, listeners may remember our initial uh, Saviors or uh, American Dream is Killing Me discussion. Um, I was, I was a little apprehensive. I was a little unsure about like the lyrics and how they sort of tackled the the topics that Billy was trying to address here. But the more I listen to it, I actually think the better it works. I I really think that Billy touches on a lot of different things that what I initially took to be almost throwaway lines just for the sake of um, you know, throwing in some some topical buzzwords or whatever for the imagery of it. Like, you know, I, I do think Billy likes to do sometimes, and I guess I'm willing to admit is doing here, but I, what I'm trying to say is I think it's effective. I think he's doing it effectively yeah. and deliberately and intelligently. Um, the bit that I want to just quickly shout out on that topic, and then I'll pass it back to you, yeah. is... Um, the, the, the one that really got me, it's funny. It's funny because we were so unsure about this line. I'm not shitting you. It's the TikTok and taxes line. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. Not only do I think it works, I actually think it's fucking great. And here's why. So, so Billy says, right, he, he, he kind of like um, throws it out there. He shouts it, right? Tick, the, he says TikTok and taxes. But then that immediately goes into sleeping in broken glass mm. um, under the overpass, right? And what I didn't think about at the time and what I think about it now is that I feel like Billy's putting these two things side by side. And when, when he's talking about TikTok and taxes, it's like those are sort of the struggles or obstacles or whatever you want to call it of the middle class. And then sleeping in broken glass under an overpass is pretty obviously referring to homelessness. Yep. And so this, this whole song is really kind of like addressing the state of America today um, in, in 2023 and 2024. And I, I guess what I'm getting at here and why I think this line works and, and why I appreciate the lyrics more here is I feel like Billy putting these things side by side both a contrast of like what those different classes have to worry about in their day-to-day lives. But it's also kind of a point of comparison. I think I I feel like Billy is sort of saying like the, the struggles of those who are homeless or living in extreme poverty are obvious. Right. But the struggles of middle-class are 
a bit more understated mm-hmm. and and yet they're still present it's it's really more this idea that the american dream is harming people of all classes and so like it's obvious the way that america and quote unquote the american dream is actively like hurting people of the lowest class right with living in literal poverty but i feel like billy's kind of pointing out like even if you don't think you're being harmed even if you don't think you're being affected even if you're safe and cushy in your home in middle class suburbia you who are worried about tiktok and taxes and this and that the american dream is coming for you too Mm -hmm. you're still dying yeah no, I think that's a that's a really good take on it. Um, I I, th- I think that's that's in there um, for sure. And that distinction, yeah, you know, thinking about it that way, it 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 does seem it seems kind of obvious, right? Um, and I I I agree with you. I think the 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 lyrics have meshed together in my mind um, better than than when they than when the album first. I mean the the song first dropped. Um for me I I I saw these lyrics first before hearing the song. Um which which is a thing where you know I I I learned this lesson from the Blink album where I read pretty much all the lyrics uh before the album came out and I thought like a lot of them were really really stupid. Um and I I listened to the album when it came out and I was like wow, I I just didn't fucking realize you know that that the context plays such a big part in 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 how the lyrics go over you know um and i I think the same could be true for this record i i we we we, we've read a lot of these lyrics and a lot of them do sound stupid in isolation um and uh, you know this this song is you know can be one of those um but yeah it's 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 gotten better for me um and I, I think the cool thing about Billy's lyrics, especially a lot, a lot on this record, like American Dream and you know Strange Days Are Here to Stay, Living in the Twenties, um, a lot of it is Billy pulling from the style that he's kind of been working with off and on since American Idiot, where where you know you say buzzwords, and I think that that's something he loves to do, but it's it's really kind of in, in a... Uh, they're kind of like newspaper headlines um, yeah. style of, of <clears throat> lyricism, which which he's he's done effectively, you know, now for, for 20 years, and the only difference really is that the headlines these days are just that much more absurd than they were 20 years ago. Um, and so like a lot of these lyrics might, might seem crazier or cringier. And that's just because it's, I mean, it's reflecting, it's it's literally reflecting the world that we live in because of just how, um, how everything is, how insane everything is. Um, and yeah, so I, I think, I think this, this is a great example of, um, just how well these, these lyrics work in practice. And, you know, I'll go ahead and say like that, that style is, is not an an invention, um, of, of his own. Like, I think he's, he's really, uh, done a good job at kind of doing these sensationalist newspaper headline, um, style songs and choruses, but that goes all all the way back to Mr. John Lennon popularized that style. Mm. That was a bit, that was a favorite, uh, thing to do for him was kind of make, make, 
collage songs of all these newspaper headlines. Um, and uh, I, I think it's it's very effective. On, you know, I think I think he does the same thing on on Reverad, but yeah, I don't think it's as effective as it is on this record. I think there's a lot of places on that record that do kind of fall short. Um, and on this record, I feel like I feel like he he scores more than more than he he loses. But we'll we'll keep on. You know, we'll 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 yeah. uh, tally it all up at the end. <laughs> see see if we're gonna vote him off the island. Or yeah, that, you know. No, that's um, all, all some really great points and um, really cool to to you know hear you make the the Lenin connection. So that that's that's really interesting. And when you were talking about like the whole like oh you know Billy kind of doing the headline singing, which you know he's definitely been doing since American Idiot. But when you were talking about it. Really, I I thought back to something like Warning. Yeah, I know you're right. You're like right. you said, you you just heard, but um, you know, even then, um, he was he was you know very obviously um, incorporating that into his lyricism, uh, particularly on that track, which is I guess even funnier when you zoom out more and think about the big picture and how that that's the album immediately preceding American Idiot. So it's like maybe the jump isn't as jarring yeah. as some people make it out to be. No, you know? I think that's absolutely the case. Um I think I I think the seeds were there before they 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 made that that shift. There there's one more okay, this is like a very specific moment on the song, but since we're talking about the lyrics, since we're talking about buzzwords or headlines yeah. or uh, whatever it is. Um, there was, there's a moment on this song that when I was, when I first realized what he was saying, and by the way, I didn't even, I'm sure when we first listened to this song, I had looked up the lyrics, but I didn't really have this moment jump out at me until my first listen on the 19th. And then I was like, how, what do I make of this? What do I make of this? Well, this is where I've landed. And here's the moment I'm talking about. Billy's use of the word pedophiles on the song. Um, th- that is very much what I'm talking about when, I- when I'm thinking of a buzzword because sure. it is fully fucking loaded, you know? Yeah, yeah. That is uh, a big word to be throwing around in like what you might consider to be a pretty casual and flippant context, right? Yes. Um, also, Also not the first time he's done that. I really don't know what other song he he uses it in. Can you tell me? He uses it in Fashion Victim off of Warning. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hey, well, there's uh, maybe another Warning throwback for you, but um, right on. Well, well, here's what I want to say about it. Because there have been very strong uh, immediate connections drawn to this song and American Idiot, right? It's like first song, opening opening yes. the album, very, very indicative of that sound. It's like, okay, it's in that style. Um, well, American Idiot famously uses the F slur. It does. Another very incendiary and attention-grabbing and impactful, floated word. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, truthfully, I, I think because when I came to that song, I'm not going to turn this into American Idiot discussion, but for the sake of for the sake of what we're talking about here, that um. 
at the age I was with, when I when I first understood that song and for how long I've known the lyrics, I don't think I've really chewed on that the same way and really really consider. I've always like almost respected Billy's use of it because I feel like he's really throwing it in the face of people who would use it harmfully. Uh-huh. Um, that's always sort of been my thoughts on the matter for for what it's worth. And so. Anyways, we get to the American Dream is Killing Me. Billy's saying pedophiles. I'm like, what's going on, right? Well, I, I, I guess that's sort of how I, how I parsed it and thought about it was like s- using a word that he knows is going to get like an immediate and, and maybe even like very conflicted response from listeners, right? Um, but I think it's done in the service of having those same listeners think about it more, right? And and so I think on the one hand, Billy is kind of like knowingly lighting a stick of dynamite and throwing it in another room and like slamming the door, you know, just, just waiting for it to like go off. Uh-huh. But uh, but on the other, um, I, I, I guess I felt like it was, a, I, I think in the end, maybe kind of a, a like weaponized use of what could be considered as like, you know, not 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 by itself, but like sort of in in a way like offensive or attention grabbing language as a means of like highlighting like, yeah, this is the point where America is at. You know, it's like I'm only using these words and this kind of language to describe what's going on in America, because this is the point that America is at, you know, yeah, no, I think I mean that makes sense to me. Um you're absolutely right that it that it is it's a loaded word obviously. I think it is weaponized. Uh, I think there is an element of you know uh Billy yeah, throwing dynamite into a room and running away. Um and there's also the 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 part of or the element of the song where I feel like it, it relates back to the TikTok line really. TikTok and taxes again are are two things that um you know, conservatives love to complain about, right? That those are classic conservative taxes, obviously is that's a big conservative talking point. Um, they hate their taxes and they also hate TikTok by and large. Um, and mm. you know, wh- when, uh, Billy, Billy sings, uh, you know, we're, we're all pedophiles for the American dream. Um, it's, it, it, it really kind of, I, it, in my mind, it, holds a mirror up to to their face a little bit um because i'm i'm sure you're aware of this um a a big conservative uh talking point or argument against you know originally it was against kind of uh gay marriage uh and and now they're using it against um you know um you know the the trans community transgenderism transgenderism yes, yeah. yep um the narrative that that they're that they're going in on is is it, you know they're they're calling a group of people pedophiles um you know maliciously yeah no i i see what you're saying in, here. Yeah, right. in an unfounded way you know because that is incendiary and that'll that'll cause people to clutch their pearls and you know they won't look into themselves they'll the, so i i think i think part of that is um is using their own language their weaponized language against them um yeah that that's kind of how it's that's kind of how i've made sense of it i guess yeah no i i um 
I completely get what you're saying, and I, I think I'm right there with you. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's another example of you know Billy taking a risk. Um, th- there's a few lines like that on this album that oh, yeah. I, I'm yeah. going to be pointing out as we Absolutely. go through. Yeah. yeah so um, I'm I'm happy to go on to the next thing, but I I, I guess all, all all things said, all things considered. Um, you know what I what I initially took as maybe the safe return to American idiot. Here's the big Green Day anthemic radio rock single you're looking for. It really has a lot more under the hood than um, than I gave it credit for at first listen. And listening to it as the introductory track on this album, it really makes me appreciate it all the more. So yeah. I do like this as a first song quite a bit. Absolutely. I, I, I agree. And I think that's something, um, I think that's something that Billy does really well, uh, you know, to use that kind of language that he knows is going to get people talking and get people thinking, you know, most importantly, like even on bang, bang, right. There's, there's lyrics on, yes. on that record that, that really are, are, you know, pretty, uh, vulgar and 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 really make you you know gasp, and then you think about it and you're like, wow, um, I get I get what he's saying, and it's and, yes. uh, it's it's relevance to the you know it's um so, so yeah I I really appreciate him taking those big swings and and it it, it works here it does work here, um, but yeah we can jump into uh, look mono brains the second mm-hmm. single. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. again, again, we have, we got the first two singles are the first two in the track list, um, which I mean, I, I feel like this song is good enough that I don't really, and it, it's a two minute song. So it's like, I, I mean, I could listen to this whenever, wherever and be right. happy, you know? Yeah. It's another song that's, that's grown on me a lot. I mean, I, I liked it well enough when it first came out, um, my f- initial reactions were like, "Hey, I think I even like this more than uh, American Dream." And um, I, truthfully, I think it switched a little bit more. Not to put the two songs against one another, yeah. But um, I do think this song has like a, a really great energy. And um, my my thoughts on it, like as I as I thought a little more deeply about it here, uh, was was that like it's sort of another song in that vein of Billy kind of growing up wrong yes. where uh you know just just like how we well I think we have mentioned but like you know X Kid is is another big song in that regard X Kid Sex Drugs and Violence um yeah. Too Dumb to Die Too Dumb to Die yeah right but but what's funny what what really uh I I I guess I I I was focusing on or thinking about because We've said this before, our listeners know this, but at the same time we're going through this whole hype cycle of the new album, we are going track by track through their first record. And um, it really it feels like this song is sort of like the logical through line that originated in 16, um, where it's like Billy never really figured he 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 feels like he never really figured out life and um and and so i thought that this song was like sort of in conversation with 16 but from the other end like instead of in 16 he's looking at the rest of his life and and how much 
he has left and like how much anxiety that gives him and how fucked how fucked he you know feels like he is and like this song instead it's kind of looking back at like everything he did and he's like wow well i i never like i didn't know what the fuck i was doing this whole time you know it's like did i did i do the whole thing wrong and um he he kind of he kind of thinks about that through this uh obviously pretty funny and and pretty obvious um metaphor of not having any brains but yeah, it's uh yeah. just a cool way of doing it yeah it is yeah and i and, and i think um you're right. You're totally right about the lineage. I think it does go all the way back to 16. Um, and you know, that, that line of songs is, is, I mean, I, I relate to all of those songs way, way, way too well. Like, you know, I really feel, I feel like there's a piece of me in, uh, an ex kid and, and in too dumb to die and, um, little boy named train, you know? Um, and th- this is this is one of them, and I, I I I can't tell you how much I I resonate with you know, I defy the science. Uh, um, I'm, I'm a missing link. Uh, it's it's uh, and one one of an all. Th- I I think we forgot to mention or didn't mention um, when we talked about this initially. I'm with stupid, and I'm all by myself. Is I think an all time Billy Joe lyric. <laughs> I I mean I think that's one of the best. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. And the way he sings it is a bit deceiving because he it, it goes, he goes, "I'm with stupid, I'm with stupid," you know. So it's like he doesn't really enunciate very well, but it's it's a really it's a really great uh, Billy Joeism. Um, right, it, it it could sound just like he's saying, "I am stupid," yes, right, or yeah. like, but it's there, there. There's there's just a there's a just a bit more. There, there's exactly. a there's a kernel hidden in there. Exactly. Yeah. Which is which is another thing that we we pick up on in Thirty Nine Smooth all the time. There's it's it's the way he yes. enunciates these things. Uh, sometimes they they um, uh, you know give way to to lyrics we don't hear and we discover, and so that's a that's kind of a it's a cool thing to to do with one of the new ones. Um, and yeah, I I uh, the fucking bridge is just it's 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 incredible it, it, you know and another line that resonates is it's too late now for my suicide you know i'm i'm 30 yeah. years old i've passed the 27 club it's not going to there's no point there's no point now in dying right. young i've missed i've missed the boat not that i wanted to but it's like it's like right, now, but, but, but if it, but if it was going to happen <laughs> yeah, you know it would have exactly. happened by now <laughs> exactly now i'm just now i'm stuck here so uh so yeah, I, I mean it's it's just a it's just a blast, you know. And um, one of the interesting things actually that I that he that they've been saying in interviews, uh, or Billy has been saying, is is that they weren't really sure which way they were going to go with the record. Like originally, maybe he wanted to do a whole record of like down and dirty Ramones esque punk songs, like Look Ma, um, and and then. Uh, you know, they ended up kind of uh, mixing it all up, and you know, and you know, doing a, a, a wide variety. Because I think this this album has a really a really good wide variety of of songs, kind of kind of like Nimrod does, you know. Um, yeah, true. And uh, you know, I, I think one of the other ones was he's like, maybe we'll do like a Brit pop record, and those ended up being, you know, the title track and Goodnight Adeline and. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 it's, it's kind of kind of cool that that it's it's um th- this was a direction that they that they might have gone in by itself, you know, but it ended up being a, a smaller part of the of the whole. Yeah, 
Yeah, that is. Uh, it it almost feels like um, uh, I don't know a, a vestigial limb or something. It's it's, yeah. it's something that was part of like the growth that's like left behind. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. N- not not to not to put too specific and strange of a metaphor to it, but it, but that, it's interesting. It's interesting because I, I didn't really. Um, as with many things with Green Day, like I'm, I'm not always as privy to the full story and and like how these things come to be as you are, who's very zeroed in on pretty much the the process. Uh, soup to nuts. Yeah, soup say. to nuts. You're, exactly. you're 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 a soup to nuts kind of guy. You know, nuts kind of guy. Love uh, my soup. Love my nuts. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, but, but yeah, that, that's good. Yes. Um, I I don't know. We uh, we get we get we get Bobby Socks next. Dude, dude, yes. Which, which is kind of, kind of a big one. It, it, it kind of feels like, um, I, I don't know. Kind of, I, I love that it breaks up the the singles. I, I, I love that it, it, um, it kind of takes a, it takes a left turn, kind of because, because American Dream is killing me. That's a kind of a in, in a style that we're used to. Look, Mono Brains is is kind of um. A style we're used to. They're doing new things as well, but then you get Bobby Sox, mm-hmm. and it's like this just feels like fresh, new blood yes. that's in- injected into Green Day. Exactly. Yeah this this is definitely one of the tracks I was kind of dancing around when it's when I was saying like there there are songs on this record that if if you were to put them on another album, you would know immediately this does not fit like this. This is through and through a savior's song first. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I really love it for that. It, it was an immediate standout when we first heard it at the listening party. And like you're saying, it, it remains um, a, a, a really singular and great track. Um, one of the first things I said about this song, and, and I think we were kind of on the same page, was... Hey, it kind of has like a Weezer-y vibe, and uh, you know what? I as, as I've been listening to it more, I'm like, you know what? It really makes me think of is Pinkerton. Like that's mm. that's really what I'm trying to say specifically, and that that comes in with like um, the you know like high distortion on the guitars, definitely uh, playing with just how melodic and smooth the song feels at the same time. And I'm like, that is like, um, uh, very quintessential in, in my mind, like part of, part of that, uh, Weezer sound of that era. So not to say that this is their crack at a Pinkerton song either, but, but that's specifically what I was thinking of at the time. And I feel like I, I sort of better have the words to put to it. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I just, I love, um, Billy's singing here, one of the things that really makes it stand out is just uh, how how aggressive he makes his voice sound. Like, we also made comment on before, like, just, just how um, much he leans into the shouting here, and yeah. it just sounds great. Like, honestly, I'm kind of amazed at how well he can do it. I'm like, shit, like... I know. Um and it might as well be like a fucking super heaven song. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I mean, and, and it's really good too. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's, it's a melodic kind of 
screaming that he doesn't ever really do like exactly um it, i mean it, it, it reminds me of like military gun or or yes, some yeah some newer bands who like it, like you know there's kind of a new wave of bands um that are like hardcore bands but but are like getting really into melodic rock you know like exactly yeah. like turnstile or something like that and um billy, exactly billy's always been kind of on the on you know his his fingers are on the pulse of the scene you know he's he's always getting into new bands so i i uh this the, the, you know this is one of the songs that makes me feel like yeah he he still has uh his his head in the game he's still listening to new new music and and getting inspired by by that you know he's he's always said that but this is kind of uh this is like yeah absolutely um right you can <clears throat> you can feel that in 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 the sound of the song yeah. for sure yeah it because it really does have this like hazy aggressive lovesick kind of vibe that that marries so many elements of like what billy already sings about with that new sound yes um yep yeah because yeah, it, it works I, I mean really well. it's it's a very simple song lyrically um i mean the the lyrics remind me of something like angel blue with the kind of cemetery um mm-hmm. setting um and you know you, you, the the duality between the the heavy screaming and you know do you want to be my girlfriend do you want to be my boyfriend just really simple like beatles esque kind of lyrics you know just like really simple but just shouting shouting it with with so much energy and passion um yeah it really sure. feels it really feels vital and uh yeah and, and and i love it and again the video just accentuates it and, yeah, the, and the video is great. The video is great, and the bridge, uh, you know, again, that's it's it's really simple, and uh, but but it kind of gets it's it kind of brings you to a darker shade of melody, which is exactly what they do on Pinkerton, you know, which is mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. Um, yeah, I and and I don't know who who knows if uh, there, there's people online that are like, yeah, you know, Billy and, and Rivers were hanging out so much on the Hell Negator, it just it just rubbed off on him. I mean, I don't think that, <laughs> I don't think that's really the the case, yeah. but it's funny. That's I, that is funny because I didn't even think about you know. Obviously, they were sh- sharing the stage. We saw them. Yeah, you know, r- really not that long. I mean, okay, a few years, but um, really not that long ago. That was last um, summer. Wait, what? It was three. Wait years a ago? second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um Yeah, that that uh that is that is fine. I, I don't I I don't think it's so strong where I'm like, oh yeah, like this this must be a uh, consequence of, of of their uh being together, but it is uh really interesting. People are pointing that out because I, I didn't even uh yeah. didn't even think about it. I mean and, and the funny thing is is is, is it's like like th- this new wave of kind of alt alt rock '90s influenced bands that are popping up and probably inspiring Billy Joe. All of those bands are inspired by Green Day and Weezer in the '90s. So it's yes, it's kind of a sure. funny thing where it's like you know you're being inspired by somebody who is inspired by you. Yeah, um, yeah, that's uh you know pretty crazy if you think about it yeah honestly. yeah yeah it's like a it's like an incestuous kind of, kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. songwriting o- lineage. almost like a sick kind of pedophilia <laughs> <What a> sick fuck <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no it's a it's that's a great song um we got one-eyed bastard next yes 
This is this was the 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 final single before the record release. Obviously, it's it was one that leaked last year that we uh, that we did spend some time with. Um, I you know I I guess I'll be a broken record, but I mean having it come right after Bobby Sox, it really makes me feel like Nimrod, like like you know Nimrod, just like uh, the the way that these these two kind of totally different vibes can can share space one after the other yeah. you know like uh that transition was like the moment that i was like wow this is this is going to be th- th- like this record is a ride it's a real ride you know it's it's uh you you, you don't know which way you're gonna go it's it's got a different flow to the kind of it's got a different flow than records like american idiot or reverad um for sure and it's it's it was it's 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 exciting. I think it I think it uh it, it holds a good place on the record. Yeah, I um I really like your thoughts on that. I hadn't thought about it as like Nimrod esque. I mean, that's the, a stupid term, but song, I but I said it. <laughs> the song itself, it's I mean, it's it's okay. No, no, no. I, the song no, no, itself. I, I, I get I get exactly Nimrod. what yeah. you mean. I, I get exactly what you mean. Just when you're talking about like uh, the the variety of what's on display in the track, list. exactly. I, yeah. I get your point yeah. completely, and um, I'm right there with you on how successfully I think they pull that off and still make the the album feel cohesive. Not to keep you in suspense, but I think there is one moment on this album where I think it's it's that very um, uh, positive aspect of this album that that i think of as the only true mistake on this okay, record I, I think there is i think there is a moment on this record where like that mentality kind of has them fall flat on oh. their face okay i'm excited to hear what it is i'm just going to i'm going to slip that in there we're going to come back to that later okay. all right but all right. Uh, all right i'm looking forward to it but in terms of one eyed bastard yeah i think it works sorry uh one eyed bastard thank you i think thank I, you. I think it works that's my Peter Griffin impression, by the way. What do you think about, it's always so that? good. Can you can you do it yeah. like as Lois Griffin? One-eyed bastard. Oh, it's so good. Okay, now Stewie. Was that any better? Now okay. it's Stewie. What the deuce? <laughs> <laughs> that's what he. That's what. That's what you'd say too. Oh, it's so good. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyways. 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 Um, uh, but in terms in terms of uh, one-eyed bastard here. I I I uh, completely agree. I I think the transition uh, it t- totally solid feels completely effortless. Like I love that it goes into One Eyed Bastard, and um, it's like I don't even blink twice. I'm like, yeah, yeah. like let's fucking do it. And the song itself um, is is still you know just as fun as it was when we got it as a single. It really feels. Um, like a, a real sort of chaotic sing along, it, it really there. There's this like power behind it. It, it. it even almost feels like a kind of drinking song to me. Yes, and it's yeah. not just because I like to drink. It's it's just like the lyrics are so, um, especially the chorus. Right, it's like yeah. so easy. You could have never heard this song before in your life, and you can and sing by along the second it. right, you'll, you're going to know exactly how to sing along. Yeah, it. it's it's kind of a it's it's a bit of a shanty. Yes, you know, I yeah. think I think it does. It does fit that. I 
actually I, I've, I've seen people calling it a pirate song and i think that's what mm. they mean that that's what they mean by that it's it's kind of a yeah. sea shanty bar pub song you're absolutely right right yeah i think i think of it more of as yeah like a drinking song but yeah, but yeah. those two things those two things are certainly they they share plenty of common well, ground we know pirates love a good drink they certainly do have you seen they certainly do yeah, yeah, I he mean, looks like on. shit. He looks like it's all shit. the drinking. Know, it's all the terrible. drinking. He really should have fucking stopped. Jeez. Oh man. Yikes. It's t- talk about a one-eyed bastard, am yeah, I right? For, for real. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to shout out here the line on this song though, I never asked to hear your goddamn feelings. I feel like that's such a powerful line. Like mm. singing along to that line feels like kicking in the teeth of your worst enemy yes it does yeah yeah i fucking love it yeah yeah no and and i think you know it's it's funny we kind of talked about how how billy simply chalks this up to like a revenge fantasy and i think that's that's true it's simple and and it's true um a lot of the aggression in these lyrics they they really feel like they're they they feel like 90s billy really Mm. that kind of anger that he had in you know, again, like reject or take back or something, or yeah, it's true. A lot of insomniac. Um, yeah, it's got it's got real real grit. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right about that. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I mean, it's another one that that's that's getting better. And the I, I don't I forget if I talked about it um, when we had our initial discussion, um, but this is another another moment where where I really love Mike's bass um, at the very end of the bridge when Billy is singing, "You son of a bitch, you're gonna beg and cower." Um, Mike does a really really awesome bass fill that goes into the final chorus. Um, I think I, I think I mentioned it before, but it just it's it's so fucking good. It's just like Chef's Kiss, and then it, then the then, then the final chorus explodes, and it's just like God damn, it's Green Day. Yeah. Yeah, they are really uh, firing on all cylinders here. There's, they, yeah. they, they really injected a lot of energy into the song. And uh, that's largely what makes it work, because we we had said, it's like, yeah, you know, the, the lyrics are, are pretty surface level. and It's silly. Yes, it's, it, it's it, downright yeah, silly. It's goofy, but it, it feels like so earnest and powerful to me, I think because of how they deliver it how they're playing and how the song how the song functions and works um because when i'm singing along with the song like it doesn't sound silly no it feels like i'm on the same power trip as billy like i'm like yeah i'm gonna fucking get that guy you know i know i know yeah so it it works it does yeah it's 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 killer and they they did play live at irving plaza and i've heard I I uh, they they aired that show on Sirius XM the other night and uh, happy to say it sounds killer live. It sounds really good. They played it a bit faster um, than mm. the studio version. It, it's it's it, Billy really nails the aggression there too on the stage. Um, yeah. Next up, Connor, we got Dilemma. Yes, we do. Which which in a way it's it's funny because like I know that American Dream was the lead single. This one kind of has uh taken up the spot as the most important single i think for sure yeah it it just kind of seems like once this song um came on the scene that was kind of like i mean i i I feel like it resonated a lot with with the audience and um and they're like okay we're gonna this this is gonna be the one we push Um, yeah i agree 
to to the you know point where where you know during the subway performance for Jimmy Kimmel they didn't even play American Dream is Killing Me the you know dilemma is the one that they that they pushed um yeah i i uh th- this is one that has had it's it's sunk in more deep it's sunk in more deeply for me um over the the last month or so uh yeah to the point where i i cry during during the performance at the rough trade show like um there's something that billy says in interviews recently that like you know he, he's been on a couple podcasts and, and, and they've been mm-hmm. good interviews like mark Marin and uh armchair expert with dax shepherd who i know you're a big fan of um oh, of course yeah we all love dax yeah and uh you know they, they ask him about like his sobriety and drinking and stuff and they're like oh was it the drinking that's that's the issue or was it other th- things and, and billy's like well well, the drinking is is like the beginning of it, and then it turns me into a human garbage can. That's he's used that line multiple times, and I mean, you you know me, Connor. You know, um, it, that's that's a phrase that immediately resonated with me because I do feel like uh, I have a lot of the same issues. Maybe not with the same um, substances, but uh, just consumption of anything and everything as much as I can get mm-hmm. my hands on. Uh, it's a real thing that is running through my veins and that is in my DNA. That is, a, that's, uh, could be an actual problem is, and will be. Um, and you know, with, with like that and family history, it's like, it just, it really, really hits me on a very deep level and has only gotten deeper. Yeah. I can see, uh, you know, knowing you as well as I do, um, I, I can see how that would be the case. Um, and, you know, you know, like you're saying, it's like you you might not always think of that because it, it may not be like an exact one-to-one parallel, but it's like the 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 impetus or like or 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 the the underlying issue that Billy's really addressing here is the same, right? It's it, the the consequences of it, the effects of it, you know, are going to vary between person to person, sure. but I I'm willing to bet that, you know, this is a song that uh will will likely resonate with many people who yeah, you know, may not have any substance abuse problems in the same way, but it's like there there is something in their lives that sort of fits that same uh niche fits yeah. fits that same role and then obviously you know many people do share that struggle with billy or know people who do i i think that this song has a lot of broad reach and even at the you know ultimately i think this is something that we talked about too but like even as green day fans regardless of where this song does or does not fall on like your own um personal radar um most big green day fans are are also very familiar with billy's struggle yeah and so thinking about this song as um you know billy uh being very vulnerable you know sharing sharing more about like his his struggles in a way that that feels very intimate and raw with the fan base and and um you know injecting that into a song i i, I actually was thinking how much I appreciate uh, Dilemma sort of in conversation with Still Breathing. Yeah. And how 
how those two songs from the outside looking in might seem like they're at odds with one another. And yet I think dilemma is, is very much this, um, honest look and, and sort of admission at how the story's never really over. It's like, you can, you can have that, that big triumphant sort of like, Hey, you know, I, I did it. I'm, I'm back. And I, yeah, I, you know, I beat this thing, but yeah, I slayed my demons. Right. Yeah. But, but, but anyone, especially anyone who is familiar with, uh, struggles of addiction know that like, there's no such thing as sobriety, the way that it's advertised mm. to, um, the mainstream. It is something that you, it, it's, it's something that you do. It's not something that you are. Right. Yes, exactly. And, um, yep. And so, um, yeah, you know, Billy, Billy really takes a, a, a really honest and impassioned stab at, at, you know, saying like, Hey, my, my story's still going on. This, yep. uh, this is something that I'm struggling with and it, it doesn't make still breathing mean anything less than it did at the time. No, I, I think the two songs sort yeah. of elevate each other. Absolutely. Cause that was a, that was a very real moment. Um, in that time and that was triumphant and you can you can have those wins you know and that just because um, you know a, a relapse happened or something does not take away the the work you did before then you know like um, just the way that that this has been um, just how open I guess he's been through this process compared to with after the trilogy and iHeartRadio and rehab and everything I mean yeah. at that point you know, after rehab, Billy Joe was like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm doing one interview about it with Rolling Stone, and that's it. I'm not talking about it." Um, you know, and and he pretty much kept to himself about about it mostly, um, unless he had to kind of reference it. And uh, and you know, now with with this promo, people ask him, you know, because obviously that's what the song's about, and they'll ask him questions about it and he's pretty flat out. He's like, yeah, I, I was sober for five years and then I, I was not sober for five years and now I'm, now I've been sober again for 18 months. Like that's, he's just, he's like, okay, you know, it kind of feels like he's, he, you know, done hiding from it and he's okay with, uh, with talking about it. And I mean, I, I can't, I can't even imagine, you know, being a public facing figure to that level, having to, having to kind of relitigate all this like it it's it, i think it takes a lot to kind of get to the point where you're you're you, you know you feel okay to actually have honest conversations on that kind of platform um about something that's been such a struggle and continues to to be um so so in a way this is i mean it, in a way this this kind of feels like triumphant in its own way right like it's it's just yeah. total honesty and you know, I'm not running away, um, which is, which is, yeah, definitely inspirational. I think I'm sure for a lot of people. Yeah. That's a great way of looking at it. Um, because it, yeah, it's, it's easy to look at still breathing as the, the big win moment. And, and yet, um, there's sort of a danger in a way because it's like, well then is dilemma the failure moment? And it's like, well, of course not. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's the the moment of recognizing that like those two things are are the same they're connected to one another yeah and um 
and that you know it's 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 ongoing it's active um it's it's not something that you close the book on and so uh it 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 does it 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 is nice to think that um i guess billy is more it it seems more comfortable in a way of like where where he's at with it like you're saying and um and and yeah just just uh, more more readily i guess like expressing where he's at and how he's been and yeah. um on top of all that it really is a killer freaking song it's a killer song and it's it's one of their fucking biggest choruses for a single in a long time like it's just it is effortlessly uh sing-alongable like and you know one of the funny things is is, is i think in an interview like yesterday or something billy was talking about how how weird it was like the chorus you know i was sober now i'm drunk again like some people shouting that uh back at him could kind of maybe see that in a celebratory light you know what i mean like it, mm-hmm. it could it could mean different things to different people and that's it's uh it's it's interesting that way um but it's a great song nonetheless it's true and maybe my last point on that is and i, I remember mentioning this even the first time we heard it but i like how I think Billy considered that very thing when he wrote the song in the first place because yeah. obviously it's called Dilemma and the song even opens with uh um uh fucking shite man. Uh Welcome to my problems. Yeah, it's not an not invitation. invitation. Yeah. That's that's the line I was trying it's not an invitation. That's the line I was trying to get to. Um because yeah, it's it's uh well, you know, it's exactly that. It's 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 more of a cautionary tale than a celebratory one. And yeah. and so I I do think it kind of walks that line. Like certainly people could take it whatever way they will. That's also sort of the danger and beauty of art. But I I think Billy was was careful and and really thought ahead on this one because he he sticks that understanding straight into the lyrics for yeah. all those who are you know who who really care to listen absolutely yeah um great freaking song next up we have 1981 yes that chorus we were talking about how how great dilemma's chorus was this is a different kind of great this is uh i mean fucking you know it's gonna get stuck in your head like 1981 hell yeah yes i'm saying um yeah this this song we we heard a long time ago when they played it in quebec this summer at a festival and billy or something went wrong in the performance and and it it, uh it was kind of you know there's parts of the verse that i think were not sung or and uh some shit fucked up and so it was kind of a partial a partial performance in that way where we didn't really get the full the full song and uh i mean hearing it in all of its studio glory um is is a pretty cool cool moment connor what are your your thoughts on on you know because this is one that we kind of we thought was going to be a single like we we were pretty sure yeah. i mean i was pretty certain like this right, is, why wouldn't it be they're playing it live they're you playing know? it live and it's got one of their catchiest chorus like one of the catchiest choruses ever like it could be and i i still think this actually one of my first thoughts was like 
it it would be insane to not push this as a single. This this could literally this could this is their biggest chance at like a crossover appeal. Like this is it's it's very catchy. Like mainstream audiences mm-hmm. would like this song. Um, so so that was confusing to me. And there's obviously still time to push it as a single, but um, yeah, I, I was surprised we didn't get it earlier and they didn't push it harder. I think they made the right move pushing Dilemma instead because that just resonates on a different level. Um, yes. But yeah, what were your thoughts listening to it uh, in, all, in all of its hi-fi glory? Yeah, you know, this is one of those songs that I feel like it's it's pretty much just like a straight shot rocker that um, it is mostly leaning on this catchy chorus that they they use over and over again. But even though there's there's many songs that I would sort of like levy that as a as a complaint or a critique, um, I just it it's like one of those songs like it works so it works like I can't yeah. like I I do think that there sort of is a danger in making this kind of song because it's very easy for it to feel vapid and repetitive, um, and this could just be the Green Day fan in me, but but all I can say is there. There are many songs that I've listened to where I have no fucking problem saying, like, this song fucking sucks. It's just the chorus over and over again. But this song doesn't feel that way to me, and I literally think it's just because the chorus is that catchy that it, like, steamrolls the problem entirely. Yes, you're right. Yeah, I think think that is a huge part of it. Um, You know, compared to something like on the trilogy... 99 revolutions or something like that like oh my god yes that one really yeah fucking, i mean like, nails on a chalk i i like that song but it's it goes I do too, it but. goes on for too long and i think that's that's one of the most um uh understandable critiques of the trilogy as a whole is is that you know there's a lot of catchy repetitive choruses that just go on for too long um and this this song this song is only two minutes in like three seconds long and Right. The chorus only repeats three times. So it's like there's not a lot of time to get sick of it. Like I think they've finally learned the lesson of less is more. Like I think yeah and you know they 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 usually get the balance right. I think they kind of maybe it went out of whack for the trilogy a little bit. Uh, and I'm, you know, I am literally the biggest trilogy defender that you will ever meet. Um you- actually are yeah it's not an exaggeration no, I'm, I'm not it's actually you. you're yeah. the biggest one i'm not being hyperbolic i really am not um and this this in my eyes learns from those mistakes um the the song as it is connor it it feels it feels like it could be on international super hits like it it it, it has that kind of urgency like it feels like it could be right after maria or something yeah um it just feels so classic and, and the, uh, the the lyrics are really great and clever you know um, and you know I love that uh, that the the verses are are different from each other um, and my my favorite part again uh, broken record here but um, during the first verse when when the the bass and drums kick in after it's just the guitar and, and vocals Mike does another fucking really killer bass fill that oh, it just it is just music to my ears and yeah um it's it just it's classic mike Dern and hearing that acoustic was just it was super fucking cool it was really cool 
Um, yeah, I, I, I love this song. Um, I, I thought I was going to like it based off of the live videos. Turns out I, I love it. Uh, it's, it's better than it, than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, my only, um, thing I wanted to mention there, it's funny that you kind of went over this whole, like, yeah, it feels like it learns a lot from some of the, what, what, what could be called mistakes, um, off of the trilogy. And I was like, yeah. And I, one of my notes on here, we, we mentioned, we took a few notes as we listened to the, the record, uh, recently was that this song feels like Uno to me. Yes, so I, I thought yeah. it was, I just thought it was funny that you went through all that and you're like, I don't know. It feels like it could have been off international super. Uh, yeah, no, like, no, no, I know. I know. I think there's, it's, that's kind of, there's, a, there's, I get there's, your meaning. Yeah. I get your meaning. I'm not calling you, I'm not calling you out. I get your I, meaning. I, I, it was just funny to me. I think if, there, if, you know, most of the songs on Uno, if they got the 1981 treatment, that they would maybe fit on, on international super hits too. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. like a few things that separate it. Like the, the, like the rip roar and solos would have to go. The, the excessive choruses would have to go. The clean guitars would have to go. There's a few elements that I think separate that from Uno, but just on a, you know, bare bones structure of the song. It's very, Uno. you're absolutely right. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, it's, that's, that's definitely, it's like, as we were talking about how, saviors as a record kind of pulls from so many different parts of their catalog this was the song that that really made me think like damn this is like trilogy vibes for sure yeah yeah, specifically uno was the one that that stood out to me definitely and i mean it's something that like people have criticized but billy joe keeps on fucking writing songs like this like he can't he can't help himself from writing fucking power pop bangers that you know Mm mm-hmm and uh, on this record, he did a great job at tricking people into not realizing they're similar to the trilogy. <laughs> yeah, yes. and and with things on foam too for some other songs. But uh, yeah, the the other thing I wanted to mention was um, you know in the chorus there's the backing vocals "So Long Farewell." Um, on the live performance, we've, the performances we've seen, Jason White does the backing vocals. Uh, it's clearly him. On the record, it it seems like there is some sort of filter or some sort of effect that that really it it's hard to identify in my in my ears who is singing it. It really could be Billy, but um, it's kind of similar to the effect they do on the on Coma City on on the Coma City chorus. Uh, so so I, I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts on on that, or if you've given it any mm. thought at all. No, I hadn't, but just. You know, thinking about it, I do think it's really just Billy again. Honestly, I think that, you're that probably would be right. that would be my yeah my thought on that. I think you're probably right. I mean, Jason has no credits on the album, so I I'm, I'm sure it's not him. But uh, I can't unhear his voice since I listened to that that version first. You know, yeah. Um, all right, next up we have a good night, Adeline. But uh, we were we're going to take a quick uh, break for a message from our sponsors. All right, sounds good. And we're back. That was a uh, that was a great ad read from you, Connor. I I uh, I, I, I loved uh, how passionate you are about the product. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, what can I say? I just really believe in it. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, I guess it's it's a it's a good deodorant that's really worked out for you. Yeah, hardly gives me any rash. <laughs> okay, next up we have Good Night Adeline. Um, which is, uh, I think my, my initial thoughts on this were that it was a killer power ballad. Um, one of their best, uh, ballads in, in quite a bit. And I think, 
my my feelings today are are the very same uh even stronger i guess um i think it's a it's a really great green day song that is you know relatable it's kind of it's kind of like a more fun 21 guns yeah i do i do get that um something about this song it's like when i think of 21 guns it's a song that i think is like so big and so melodramatic that i can't not think of it as completely corny no every time i every time i hear it live i'm i'm totally into it so I'm, i'm not saying it's a bad song but when i think of 21 guns i'm like wow that is a corny ass song and I guess I I, to- I get what you mean in terms of like the vibe and the sound of the of the song. Well, I mean, and not even that. It's it's the song. They're they're very different kinds of ballads, you know. Uh, they both are power ballads, but uh, Twenty One Guns is like a very specific kind of power ballad that was popular in the two thousands. That mm-hmm. that really Boulevard of Broken Dreams like invented pretty much. Like it's it's an extension of that. Whereas this is like a classic. 80s ish power ballad but the message is kind of the same yeah okay um i i see i see uh well anyways i I was just gonna say that i I think that this song really threads the needle you know and I, i think a lot of that does have to do with um the way the the way the the way the song um i guess is performed the the way that they do it um, it, it to me, it sort of has this, especially in the beginning, like be- even before like the first uh, verse comes in. the The music feels really reminiscent of something like "Closing Time" or "Push," it put like by Max Matchbox Twenty, Semi Sonic okay, and Matchbox yeah, yeah. Twenty, respectively. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like this song kind of has a, an early two thousands like alt rock kind of vibe. Totally. that i really like i i can i can see that too yeah you're right yeah so yeah, the, the matchbox so, 20 show is yeah I, I could see uh rob thomas sing this yeah yeah i that's that's like what this uh felt kind of reminiscent of and i, I love getting a, a green day song sort of in that in that vein um i don't think that's what they were going for or what they were drawing on you know i, I think it's just maybe a bit of a happy accident in my mind but yeah billy calls that, this, that's what that's what it feels like to me billy calls this Britpop inspired which i don't entirely see i think it is more like the kind of song you're referencing yeah um yeah i uh i i think this is a it's it's got a really great performance vocally um I, I I think the the chorus especially is is really powerful and impressive vocally, um, especially you know "Good Night Baby, Let It Go," um, really powerful. And then the guitar solo is fucking awesome. Um, it's, it's yeah, it sounds exactly like Full House. It the, sounds the Full exact, House. Uh, no, 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 theme no, song, no, right? no, no. It sounds like the like Fuller House. Like yeah, it sounds just the, like Fuller House. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the sequel, the Netflix show. Um, for those of you who don't get that joke, listen to the 21 Guns guitar solo again and then listen to the theme song of Full House. Then you'll understand what we're, what we're talking about. Yeah. 
You're um, welcome. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the I, I think the secret sauce in this, the secret fancy sauce in the song, is the key change after the the guitar solo where they go, they they uh, they, they they go up a notch with the final chorus, yeah, and it's just higher. yeah, it's so fucking good. It just it's just like fuck yeah. Um, to where yeah, you know the the final good night baby, let it go. You're just kind of shouting, and it's it's a. Uh, it feels good. It feels cathartic. Yeah, and you know what else? Um, I'm I'm pretty sure this is true. But you know what I thought was interesting on the last chorus as well is that uh, Billy instead uh, ends with "I'm going to drink my wine." Yes, and let it go. And yeah. I, it's it felt like an interesting change to me, especially. Um, you know, after after our discussion on dilemma, and uh, I I don't I don't really have anything to like read into it or be like, wow, you know, this really illuminates more of Billy's struggle. Like I uh, I don't really have a take on it. it it's just more that like um, I I I took note of that. You know, Billy sort of tweaks that line for the for the last chorus yeah. there, and um, obviously there's some sort of connection or, or something that, that Billy was trying to communicate with that change. Uh, Cause otherwise, you know, why not just keep it the same? So it, it does feel like it's at least connected in some way to, uh, you know, that, that, that ongoing struggle that we yeah. were talking about with dilemma. No, I, I think it is in conversation with dilemma a little bit. Um, I mean, even with the, the second verse, you know, some days you're sober, but you're still waking up with a hangover. Um, I think that that's, that's a pretty direct connection there. Um, kind of feels like a, the, you know, it's it's all kind of wrapped wrapped in one. You know, uh, mm. it kind of feels like a spiritual hangover, I guess, uh, which is a phrase I feel like Billy has uh, uttered before. But yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a really good ballad, and uh, you know, we kind of I I love the kind of machine gun drums that kind of start us off. The do 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 you know. That, that really jump into the the uh, chord progression and the chord progression actually is is very similar I know you mentioned uh, some some uh, alt rock radio hits but the chord progression is very very similar um, to when I come around oh you know it's like I, I'm not sure if it's exactly the same but it, but yeah it's 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 a very similar progression yeah what a what song off of 39 Smooth were we talking about that also has the same chord oh, progression? Yes. Do you remember um, that? Fuck. Oh, that, it's not 16, is it? I don't think it is. It, I don't know. Maybe it is, though. It maybe, could be. I don't know. I don't are know. We, are we thinking maybe it's not because we were just talking about it yeah, earlier in this I feel discussion? Like, I, I don't feel know. Like it's in my head because we were just talking about it. Um, no, actually. Well, no, 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 no. It is 16. Because I think it is. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think, I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but... But I remember when we were talking about that, if if indeed it is that song, there there is a song of a thirty nine smooth. We were saying like some people sort of, uh, you know, use that as a as a bludgeon. They use it as a criticism, like oh man, you know, Billy's just copying himself. He and it's like you know these, even if it uses the the, the same or a similar chord progression, it's like the the fucking song doesn't sound the same. No, like are you exactly. stupid. It's they're totally um, different songs. So it, you know I have not looked up any uh 
any uh you know other opinion on this album i haven't even seen any other comments or yeah, i get the feeling it's largely off. positive it is but it, yeah uh, no. but i mean honestly if if you if you listen to this song and the first thing you you think is it sounds like when i come around that you're there's fucking something wrong with you like there, yeah, like there is yeah. it's not it's a very different song even if one element is similar quite similar that's you know right yeah it's i I guess i just mean like it's like if i don't know if anyone is right but it's like if if your takeaway it's not even like it's bad to say that it's using the same it's like that's interesting that's a really cool thing to shout out oh dude like that i love that as like a fun fact and the way that like you know billy can take something that he's used several times before and and repurpose it or reimagine it in this completely different way but it's it's insane that that some uh, fans will take that in such a reductive way as to say, well, then like this is the same, or like yeah. this is derivative, and it's like that's you know, it's like some somehow you got lost along the way exactly. of like your your art interpretation because yeah. that's just wrong. It's dude. really weird because I mean, on One Eyed Bastard, it's like people are literally saying it's it's basically the Pink song. It's like yeah. It's like a yeah. it's a it's a ripoff. Okay, we have one element of it is is very similar, but it's not. I mean, very they're they're very different songs, you know. Yeah, um, exactly. And yeah, the same can be said with this, I, dude. Okay, I'm sorry, but just since you mentioned it, because I, I feel like I wanted to mention that on One Eyed Bastard, but I, I just wanted to say again for the record, the more I listen to the song. The less I think about, I don't even think about it at yeah, all. Same. It's it's like invisible to me now, which is crazy because when I first listened to that song, when it when it first leaked, it's all I could think about. Yeah, and I, I was like crossing my fingers. I'm like, please God, never <laughs> be on an album, never, never be on a fucking album because it's gonna completely stain it. Yeah, it's gonna tarnish it. I'm going to have this intrusive thought every time I listen to it. All I can think about is pink, the whole fucking record. (laughs) But it's so funny to me that, like, you know, I'm just here to say that that somehow, somehow, it's completely melted away. I, I don't even think about it involuntarily and then push it aside. Like, it literally just doesn't come up in my brain anymore. And that's actually a pretty big deal because my brain loves to, like, you know, fucking autofill shit yeah, or, or, yeah. or be like, Hey, you know, here, here's, here's that connection you made a decade ago. You're still thinking about that. Right, buddy. Like a little surprise um, for you. Right. So it's, uh, I, I honestly, I just think the song itself around that riff is like distinctive and, and like awesome enough that it, it's sort of, uh, you know, sort of like, it's not even that it drowns it out. It's like, it just completely, uh, it uses it in a totally different way that like kind of destroyed my my initial thought on that. Yeah. So no, I just want to throw that out there since you I, said it. I feel the same way. I, I mean, it's it's never really truly been a problem for me. Um, but I I also kind of feel like it's 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 dissipating as we're getting used to this being a Green Day song. And also something that I kind of learned was was that um, that riff. Uh, I think I, I said before it, it, it's a it's it is a deep purple riff. That's a that's a very similar riff. And then also, there's even a song before that that um, deep purple was inspired by that has a has like the same riff. It's like a it's kind of like a riff that has 
has uh, made its way through rock and roll history. And so in a way, mm. I kind of it's kind of cool that they're, it's like a little tradition that is being passed along from generation to, to generation. Yeah, yeah, the, the passing of the baton, right? Yeah, yeah, the passing of the riff. Um, a little bit of trivia for Goodnight Adeline before we move on. Uh, none other than Mr. Butch Walker plays guitar on this song. Wow, you don't say. He plays some acoustic guitar, and he has an engineering credit on the record, which, um, you know, Butch Walker is who produced Father of All Motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, you know, makes you think, was this one of the tracks in contention for f- Foam? Was it uh, when they started, uh, you know, working with Butch for the follow-up that didn't happen to Foam? I, I don't know. It's just uh, something to think about. Yeah, that's a, a cool thing to shout out, for sure. Funny, funny to think about, like the the way that things get um, sort of shuffled around a bit, and, and yeah. even like you said, this this album, um, in in some ways, it's it's various tracks and it's it's variety of sounds. It's um, a lot of that is is thanks in part to like that that very that very thing of, of things being like changed or reimagined or reinterpreted. So, um, absolutely. That would be, that would be like a really cool, uh, thing to, to sort of have nestled in there in the album. Yeah. And I think it's, um, it kind of goes to show like they are not writing foam off. It's, they're not wiping their hands of it. Like it, it, this is an evolution of that, of that, um, exploration, which is cool and reassuring and kind of, uh, poo poo's, all the fans that are like yeah they're they're just turning their back on it going with rob cavallo um which i mean yes uh they are going a different direction but not cutting ties with that part of their sound or history um no no and and like you've said many times um that was sort of always the most likely trajectory for them anyways because foam was never meant to be uh you know uh, striking out into this new sound that was going to like totally redefine the band and they were going to continue as, as their signature forever and onwards. Like it, it was always very much sort of a, a one off yeah. like that. That's, that's uh, pretty much how it was envisioned it was from an, the get go. An intentional left turn. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, I, I, I think people could appreciate it more with that in mind too, you know? Um, I would hope so. Yeah. Anyways, moving on, Connor, Next up, we have Coma City. Dude. This, what, is... this was one of the most intriguing... Like, when we first got the, the real track list. Yeah. This was one of the songs that... Uh, it was like, dude, what is up with Coma City? You yeah. Know? No, I mean, the, the, the title is... Uh, it's very alluring. You know, obviously, we've said before, it makes you think of Murder City. You know? Um, one One imagines them being side by side you know sister cities if you will um yeah and kind of like um minas tirith and minas ithil right (laughs) exactly yes for all for all those lord of the rings fans out there you know what i'm saying for everyone who who loves that nerd shit (laughs) um all right keep it going yeah and uh I mean, I I do think it does share that DNA. I feel like this this song shares the DNA. This is actually, I think, when you said um, like there there are songs that uh, can only be on 
on saviors and that you know they they pull from green day's history and sound but but builds off of it this this is kind of what came to mind immediately it's it's different but the same whereas it, it shares dna with with songs like letter bomb or murder city or um static age even yeah um but does some but but does some very different things and uh and and I I I like it a lot. It, it, it's one of the most unexpected bangers for me, I guess. Not not unexpected in that it is a banger, but unexpected in the way that it's a banger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this um is absolutely one of the songs like you're saying where it's like, okay, what 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 are the songs that are like sort of defining the savior sound? Like, what what are the songs that are? Um, quintessentially saviors and it's like coma city has to be one of them um and it's 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 funny because this song i think is like both immediate and a grower because Uh the way that it's different it's like we both picked up on right away at the the listening party and yet i'm always so excited re-listening to the album and getting back to coma city i'm like fuck yeah yeah you know like um, I love getting to this part of the record because it feels like it really opens up, and you're 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 really exploring some um, new and funky kind of territory. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's just absolutely a great song, and I, I still, um, you know, kind I I, I still uh, I guess reiterate my my one of my first reactions off of that initial discussion was that this feels like a, a very much like a eighties um, pop rock kind of song yeah. too. And I, I love that they are, I think seemingly pulling from that. Cause um, yeah, it just feels very much in that, in that vein. Um, I really love the song for that. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I think instrumentally it's super powerful. Like, the 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 fuck you know it, it it punches you in the face in the beginning with you know bum 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 and uh, i mean it's it's uh it just it's 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 really powerful and then I, I, you know my favorite part is is when with you know the instrumental break with uh you, you, you know with with the the drums and uh the bass uh, you know working in tandem with you know it's i don't know just it it's it it's it's great hearing uh you know mike and trey in 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 a lockstep like that and uh i it 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 does something for me i guess it it's it's really really uh fun it just it's mm-hmm. instrumentally it's really fucking fun um, yes completely and you know, it has something, you know, Billy doing something totally different on guitar in the background and it's uh, you know, that that kind of it it's unique in the way that that um it's not like it's not like uh mike or trey are like playing to enhance what billy's doing it's it's kind of like they're both existing in in two separate spaces but but it it works together in parallel so well i guess Mm -hmm. um which is you know very different than than songs that that they're known for where they're big endemic um you know fist fist boppers you you know like you know in 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 contrast the the next song or no not not the next song but in contrast you have something like strange days are here to stay 
um, where that's like a classic Green Day sound, you know, with with uh, the power chords and stuff. Um, but but they work together as a unit in a different way on this song that feels unique. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean, and I, I think you know that that uh, sort of twist to their dynamic there, whether. Um, you know that's that's clear or not to the listener it's like the 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 effect is there that um that this song feels different you know because of that um and there there were a lot of uh great lyrics on this song too a couple yeah. i wanted to shout out uh, um because uh, you know sort of building off that initial idea of like hey there there were some things that i uh, maybe did, were, was quick to dismiss as as feeling like um, Billy's kind of just using the headline of the week or whatever it is, right? Um, but but the, as as I've been like re-listening and re-listening, I'm like, oh yeah, you know this this um, is kind of opening up to me a little bit more. One of those moments was on Coma City, where uh, Billy says don't call the cops. Word on the street is they all quit their jobs, and I, I was thinking about that one more. And, um, like, it's, on the one hand, like, it's very obvious how, uh, prevalent the, the idea of, like, uh, police brutality and then in response to that demilitarizing the police, um, those were huge, huge issues, uh, within, like, the mainstream news cycle for a long time. And, obviously, they remain huge issues, even if they're not, um, you know, pushed by those those mainstream news outlets as much as they were uh, just a few years ago. But what I want to say on that point is, um, again, like I, I guess initially I was thinking like, hey, well, you know, I think I think Billy is kind of pulling on that imagery for the sake of like creating a um, sort of an immediate uh, attention grabbing sort of sort of feel. But I don't know. I really like this idea of they all quit their jobs because it's like, well, we still have we still have police, right? It's like we still ha- they no they didn't quit, but it kind of feels like a tongue in cheek. It's like, yeah, well, they're all still there, they're all still present, right? But none of them are like performing their duties as as what they should be, right? I- ideally, as idealized and. You can have all, a whole fucking conversation. They're all quiet quitting, Connor. Yeah, yeah, right, right, exactly. You can have a whole conversation on like, oh, well, what was that ever the the purpose of the police force? And we're not going to get into that. But I, I'm just saying, for this lyric here, um, I guess I felt like this was a, a really cool way of Billy tackling what is like a really, really big issue. Um in his own way, you know, yeah. where, where, um, he, you know, he, he's kind of like calling out police brutality and in, in his own, in his, in his own, uh, radio rock kind of way that apparently no right wingers actually get <laughs> right. No, like, they, no one's, they don't. no I mean, one's actually going to get that, but like, I feel like that's what he's doing. No, you're, you're, you're spot on. And I mean, I, I think that's coma city is, is it, it really makes me think of, um, you know, obviously there is a very real negligence that um, that the cops uh, can perpetrate uh, that that makes uh, you know their presence more dangerous than without. Um, obviously, that's something that has been 
discussed uh, a lot, especially over the last few years. Um, and uh, yeah, something that came to head with 2020 and, and obviously, like you said, is still a very real issue. Um, the thing that this makes me think of that line, especially um, is a, another conservative narrative. Like there's people that I have worked with at my many jobs. I am a chronic job jumper. I, uh, so I, I kind of come across a lot of different kinds of people, but there's a pervasive narrative um, in the people that are more maybe older and conservative that watch Fox news that like cities like Chicago and New York city are lawless because, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the police have been defunded and, and or, or all the police quit because they don't want to deal with all the, 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 the wokes that are, you know, want that, that hate them or whatever. Um, and obviously that's all fiction. That's all fiction. That's not, that's not reality, but it is, it's reality to a, a large subsection of people because they believe in it because they they're 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 so far gone from the from what's actually happening that they that it's real to them you know um and so that's why you know people that are like yeah don't even go there you know going into the city into manhattan i i'd be careful it's 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 dangerous out there you know and right and and the cops are even turning turning away from it um it kind of it it kind of speaks to um, the there's a line in the title track. We have all the fiction that we believe in, need to believe in. Um, I, I mean, I think it's it's that's kind of part of the fiction that a lot of these people are are um, writing for themselves or the media is writing for for them. Um, and uh, I I think Billy is kind of playing with that idea. Um, uh, yeah. So that's kind of what, that's where my head's at, but th- yeah, this, totally. yeah th- this, this song was definitely one that, um, I think of when, when, you know, I was saying how sometimes the lyrics, you know, reading them before listening to the song can, can backfire because one of the, the lines that was, um, highlighted when, when we were reading that, uh, pre-release tr- track description from, uh, um the netherlands or wherever um bankrupt the planet for assholes in space yeah i was like yes. i was like there's no fucking way it's gonna it's gonna work that's that line how is that line gonna work in a song like i, I it, it was one of those where i was like it's gonna sound forced and dumb and it's you know whatever like obviously right. it's keep, keep your elon musk call out on the yeah. network album yeah know? yeah exactly yeah which is like i i mean obviously um obviously we we both think that elon is a great man who is who is just, <laughs> <laughs> just doing his best for humanity um yeah no i mean of course we we hate his guts he's he's he i mean he is that's that's literally uh it's a succinct way of describing what what his his um uh aims are you know bankrupt the planet for assholes in space i think it sums it up uh, pretty well there uh that's that's literally what's happening but i'm like how do you insert that into a song and somehow i think billy joe did it i think it works i think it it's it's delivered with such um such sincerity that it just it it works yeah no, I um, I'm glad you brought that line up because it was also something I wanted to give a quick shout out to as well. And, um, yeah, I'm I'm in complete agreement. You will not be surprised to find, 
I, I, I think not only does it work, um, I guess I just feel like it really, I don't know, it enhances the song. Yeah. Because it, 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 is, it is another one of those lines where it's like, okay, like, yeah, it is, it is kind of goofy, right? It, or, you know, it is, it is a bit uh, out there or, or strange or not quite the way you would expect someone to um, make that kind of commentary, perhaps. Uh, but I, I think that's why it works. And, like, sort of having it in the same song as um, what we were just discussing with uh, the whole don't call the cops line kind of feels like, you know, Billy, I think, is uh, calling it out for for what it is as, like, one of the, the many items on, like, the laundry list of... Uh, problematicisms or, or, or issues in America that are just um, not not only allowed to continue, but, like, are actively perpetuated. Um, and it's like, okay, yeah, police brutality, sure, right there with you. But it's like, Elon is a symptom of, you know, of that, of that same sort of, like, deranged yeah. uh, American sickness, Absolutely. you know, that, that, yes. that is completely yes. allowed to happen. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's, a. Uh it's it's the quote unquote American dream that has allowed uh, these things to fester and have the richest man in the world be able to kind of uh, use all of his resources and money to just play dress up as as a mm-hmm. spaceman while mm-hmm. you know while he's squashing his employees' attempts to unionize and while his 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 uh, base you know like the Bay Area or whatever is like the the most um you've, you've got like the, the the biggest unhoused population in in the world or something like it's 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 sickening yeah and i, I think you know you're right it's it's a it it uh it's a good way of kind of getting all that across in a tight and punchy um line yeah with you know billy billy is great at um only other thing i gotta say about this song is like we gotta we gotta at least mention the outro oh yes oh yes i i have that on my agenda yes um well it fucking rules it fucking (laughs) rules man it's so sick such a good outro it's so sick it ah man i they just they fucking go for it they just go ham um i i've seen a lot of people comparing it to something that like the who would do like the end of baba o'reilly or something where uh, yeah i can hear that yeah where, where they kind of just go go crazy and really let loose um and i think that's totally comparable and, and it's a great shout but to me to me especially with like the little guitar melodies that billy is doing while you know mike and trey are going crazy and, and mike kind of does like um ascending and escalate and and descending bass lines and trey's going nuts it reminds me of like the end of Chump or the beginning of Panic Song, you know, where where they're yeah, kind of yeah. they're really just kind of like having a really cool uh, locked in instrumental moment that we we haven't had something like that in a long time. True, yeah, very true. Um, I love the moment in uh, in this outro too, where like it, I don't know, it it feels like you think it's going to end and then it doesn't too. I know, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it it really uh, kind of like gets more frenetic the longer it goes on. It does uh, until like those those final like hard hard hits at the yes. end where it's like okay like we we made it but it's so good. it kind of feels like there's a bit of a fake out there too where it's like okay we're we're wrapping up psych you I know, know. I know you're they, you're, you're absolutely going. right yeah yeah th- yeah there is a moment there where you're like okay they're gonna just wrap it up right now and then 
and then no th- then billy starts another like melody on his guitar that and, and yes uh, yes that, and then, that's the moment yeah and, and then the phasers come in and you're like man this they're they're fucking shooting this thing into in, into space you know and then it's, yes um it's 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 so good and, and it's something that could fall apart you know um kind of like chump going into Longview, falling apart but then they fucking they bring it all together and, and like you said they just you know uh end it in in spectacular fashion which is mm-hmm. which, which is a very um yeah it's a, it's a very unique ending to a green day song which it's it, it does kind of feel like a little bit of of uh 70s theatrics there with the bow 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 like it's just it's fucking epic yeah yeah totally 100 percent um and i i like your point too it's like we we kind of have had examples where it's like okay like maybe this is gonna sort of um yeah fall apart at the seams but instead they they stitch it back together and that's a cool way to sort of like re-coalesce it yeah um it's 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 not just like a a jam that they were fucking around with and then it's like eh, we don't know how to end it you know it's like yeah. whatever like we'll just just uh fucking uh turn up all the feedback and we'll, we'll yes. fuck it up you know exactly uh, I but mean, in- instead they're like nah like let's let's actually fucking let's fucking do it you know fucking, like, let's, let's end let's, it right let's end it right right and, i mean it's something too that and there's actually a few songs on here that that um could have just faded out they could have just faded them out and I think they still would have been great songs, but um, that doesn't hap- That doesn't really happen on Green Day songs. Like they, they, they really do a good job at bringing them on home, and uh, this yes. is a great example of that. Um, yeah. Next up, Connor, uh, I think we have Susie Chapstick. Um, don't we have Corvette Summer? Oh fuck, you're right. Fuck me in the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> we have Corvette Summer. Yeah. You're jumping the gun a little bit. I hey, I want to talk about Susie Chapstick just as much as the next guy, you know. But we we got to talk about Corvette Summer. Corvette first. Summer. Um, it's a very important song on the record. I think actually. Um, yeah. It's 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 one that I think we we both said um, originally. Like, yeah, this could be a throwaway. It could be kind of feel like a little bit cringy. Um, and the answer is yes, it is. But yeah, not, right. But not in a bad way. You know, in a very uh, sincere, um, unique way, or I, I, it's it's hard to hard to describe. But um, Connor, you go well, ahead. I, what are your I thoughts? Think sincere. Yeah I, yeah, I think sincere is the name of the game because it's like one of those. It it could it could very easily like feel like an embarrassing. So I don't know, like the um. I I almost don't want to admit this because um I I do think it's a good song and I, I think when it came out I'm like, you know, I I probably would have fucking loved it. But uh given given my age and um the context that I always took this song in, like on classic rock radio, uh I, I always sort of took um I love rock and roll mm. to be like almost an insufferably fucking dopey ass song yeah, where it's like yeah. i'm like yeah man i you know i love rock and roll too you know i love i love rock and roll as much as the next guy you know <laughs> um and and i i think it's it's just a matter of like um sort of i don't know i i, I guess feeling like that song was already 
like so so steeped in its own time that like it feels like by the time I got to it, um, th- there was like no connection and and yeah. no no uh, again no criticism to that song. I, I guess I'm really talking about like my personal hangup as a listener. And yet, like, I can recognize that I still think it's an important song from an important artist. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, and so song, what I'm trying to say is songs about rock and roll, in my mind, sort of always, it's like there's there's almost like a trap where it's like, I think you could very easily make a song about, a rock and roll song about loving rock and roll. And it's like, well, this is the fucking corniest shit. Like, this is just fucking stupid. Many such examples. This is examples. just fucking dumb. Um, I don't know. Makes me think of like a bunch of ACDC songs I don't like either. And again, it's like I know ACDC is a huge important band. I've I've uh, listened to my share of some records, and I can get behind some. But honestly, I I don't know. I, it doesn't do it for me. That's not the thing that does it for me. And uh, all that's to say is the way that Green Day handles those those uh, um, very similar things on this song could so easily have felt the same way to me. But it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I think this is a, a, a real, you know, true blue rock and roll anthem that, like, it is... It is... I would almost describe it as, like, kind of brainless. Like, it does feel like you can kind of shut your brain off and be like, whatever. But it's not... It's not empty, you know? No, that, no That's yeah. how I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're you're right. Um, I I too agree with, and I, I, I'm sure I've said before, um, with with the the idea that yeah, you can fall into a trap when you are writing about rock and roll, and we've we've brought up examples from Weezer and other bands, uh, but most recently the Weezer song records. Um, mm-hmm. There's also another sure Weezer enough. song called uh, Heart Songs, which is kind of a similar concept and. You know, it's it's just especially if you're you're shouting out um, specific artists. I mean, it it's 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 very, um, it's it's slippery territory to to you know walk walk into. Um, but here, it's it's kind of like knowing Billy Joe, and I think especially Connor. You know, you made the comparison to um, to his No Fun Mondays covers compilation that he did over the pandemic. Um, and I, I can't help but really think that this, this was inspired by that kind of just like absorbing so much rock and roll history and, uh, yes. kind of wanting to, to write a song that would be, um, would, would fit, you know, right along those covers. Um, do, do I think that, you know, if, if Billy or Joe wrote this in the nineties, would it be sincere? Or would he like this song in the 90s? I don't know if the 90s version of him would be into something like this. Do, you know, do I think Probably that, not, though. Probably, probably not. He probably would, would yeah. you know, would hate it. I um, think it was super corny and, and lame. Do I think that he believes all these things with every fiber of his being now at 52 years old? Yeah, I really do. I think that he... Yeah. I think that this... I think that's the difference. Yes. Yeah, it's 100% sincere. Um he, I, I, I think it's, I think it, it makes me think about aging because, um, a lot of these bands, you know, they, they have, uh, certain tastes and sensibilities that are very refined in their youth. Um, as, as you can probably relate to, like, 
um, as we get older, there are things maybe we discounted as as a kid that were popular maybe during when we were younger that we didn't like for whatever reason, maybe because it was too pop or we weren't ready for it yet. We thought it was corny. And then as you age, your your tastes do change and maybe you you realize some of the things that you despised you um you you actually never gave a fair shake and so 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 yeah like it it's it's always um of prime importance to me that a song is sincere and i think that yes i think that uh billy joe really believes in in this and uh loves loves these kinds of uh you know midwest american rock and roll songs which is which is pretty much this this is like an american rock and roll song classic american oh, yeah. rock and roll song um yeah completely. i think that's what he set out to do and and he uh did it very well and it it, it helps that it's like just unspeakably catchy too yeah yeah it, it completely um i do think the song itself is is really catchy I love the verses too, and I love that he shouts out the whole like "hit me with power chords" kind of thing. Oh because, man, um, you know that 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 that's like fuck. Yes, you're, you're you're in my head. This is my life. Right, right. That that's the. I feel like you know Billy. That line made me think like he's kind of setting out to make like a I love rock and roll kind of song, but like for the punk rockers that have sort of aged into the kind of guy he is, or yeah. like in that in that demographic where it's like you know. He he loves all that same rock and roll, and sure enough, I mean he he loves Joan Jett. We saw uh, Billy and Joan Jett play yes, together. Yes, which, another you know, another example of a uh, Green Day NYC magic. Yeah, just throwing that out there, and 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 so again, I, I do want to just be clear. It's like I, I'm not really here to disparage the song. That's that's what I'm saying from from myself and how I kind of view these rock and roll songs about rock and roll um and and so i think that like billy is sort of sort of taking that idea but he's he's kind of writing it about like some of the rock and roll songs that that he makes now too you know and and it's it's certainly not to say that um other artists uh you know beforehand were not using power chords obviously they fucking were but like that's such a prominent and important part of um, Green Day sound, it's like what they're known for. Yes, yeah. That um, for for him to like just so proudly shout it out in this song about rock and roll, it, I thought honestly, was like really uh, special. Honestly, it it felt affirming to me. It felt life affirming yeah. to me because I mean, yeah. okay, here's a fucking secret for you. That's all I fucking play on guitar is power. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's yeah, right. It's the easiest thing to do. That's all. That's almost all. All I play, or at least the. Um, that's how I write songs, you know? So, um, and you know, there is like a, it's, it kind of feels like a dirty little secret and, and, you know, um, there there is kind of a sense of shame around, oh yeah, you, you only know power chords, blah, 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 whatever. Um, I could care less, but, uh, yeah, it it was cool to, to have that out in the open, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Billy. Billy sings that with his whole chest. You know, you, you can't you can't miss it. So it no. really, yeah, it feels like a proud moment. Yeah, the song absolutely. And, um, that's really great. Yeah, um, I I I love the 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 end of the first verse where uh, maybe I'm stupid, lazy, and stray. 
Uh, maybe I've had enough of this ship brigade. I feel like that's, I, I feel like especially the ending with the ship brigade, that's like a lyric only Billy could write. Yeah, it is great. It, like, it, I don't know. It's so dumb, but it, but it's, but it's so good. Yeah. It feels like, you know, immediately what he means. You're, yes. you're like, you probably haven't heard those two words put together before. But the second you hear him say it, you're like, I know the ship. Yeah, exactly. I, f- I have to, f- I have to fucking deal with the ship brigade every day of my life, dude. We deal with the ship brigade every fucking day. Those motherfuckers. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's a, uh, it's kind of how how he described fuck time, I guess, where it's like a big dumb rock and roll kind of caveman mm-hmm. rock and roll, like the chorus. That is what it is. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's what it is, and it's great. And I and I think. I I am a fuck time defender. Um, I think it, it it I think this does a better job at at that than fuck time does. Um, uh, you know, obviously get around. I can get around. That's an allusion to the Beach Boys. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it it's it's a uh, similar but but new. It, it's really cool, kind of uh, repurposing uh, you know a piece of rock and roll history like that. I think he does a good job at that. Um, and then, I mean, drop a bomb on my rock and roll doesn't make much sense, but it's a cool fucking line. Yeah, it just sounds right, right? Yeah. It's like you, it's, 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 you know, Billy playing with imagery the way he, he always does. And it's like, it doesn't, not only does it not matter that it doesn't make sense, it actually is more evocative because mm. it doesn't make sense. Yes. You know, it's like, yeah. that's one of the cool things you could do with songwriting that like very often doesn't work in other forms of writing to, yeah to kind of like mash up and create these things that if you were to just say it um or or consider it for like a moment longer you're like well that yeah it doesn't make sense and and i think that's exactly why it feels good as as being part of a song because it's it's like the abstraction that that taps into the feeling that billy's trying to communicate here it's like that's what listening to fucking sick ass rock and roll feels like right yeah drop a bomb on my rock and roll yeah that's what it is definitely yeah i i i agree that's another thing that i've kind of learned is like i mean lyrics are one piece of the puzzle like it doesn't i mean they don't have to make sense because that's not the the song is not the lyrics the the song is the whole thing you know they have to you know work in tandem and, and make sense together and i think they might you know they might not make sense um, as just words on a page, but they make. But it makes sense as, as a song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if you want, you want to talk about corny, you know what? What thought just popped into my head is like, man, it makes sense in your heart. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you're absolutely right, and that's that's all that matters, really. I mean, it's silly or not, it's the truth. Um, next up, Connor, we do have Susie Chapstick. Our yes. Uh, this our, time we do our our female lead. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly right. Um. Yeah. I. This was the standout for me on um on the listening party. Uh. It still. I think it still is my favorite song. But it. It's. I, I kind of dread it. I kind of dread listening to it because it's very hard to listen to, for me. There's. Yeah. There's only a couple of times that I've listened to it without crying. So, um, yeah, it's 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 one of those songs that's so good and resonates so hard with me that um, it's kind of scary when it comes up. I'm like, no, I, no, I don't want to cry again. No, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, I um, 
I, I'm sorry. It's if I didn't mean to cut you off there. You're good. Uh, well, I, I was going to say, um, I remember during our initial discussion, I was like, hey, you know, I thought it was kind of funny that we we both kind of latched onto this song. I was like, um, that's not not always the, the kind of song that you would, like, shout out immediately. And then I took into consideration a bit more of, uh, you know, as you said, how your year has been, right? And um, I, I, I'm not going to go into specifics, but I, I just mean that... Um, this was a song that the more I listened to, it kind of did make me think of you in a strange sort of way where yeah. I, I was thinking about the way that you, you felt so connected to this song right away. And the more I listened to this song and, you know, just recognized what Billy was singing about here, I was like, oh, that, um, you know, just really makes a lot of sense and uh so I, I i think in a way even even for the difficulties or like especially because of like those difficulties that that art can create like coming face to face with um those sorts of things in a way i i was kind of happy that a song like this is on this record because it you know, Billy is not always writing songs like this. And, no. and the fact that it's on here, I know. I, I actually thought it was pretty special. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I, I I agree. It's um, it yeah, it uh, I don't know. It, it it is a big sticking point of the record for me. Um, obviously, uh, yeah, you know, I think I think any anybody who's listening to a song like this has has been through you know heartbreak or or some sort of uh you know missing a relationship that that has has gone by and uh and yeah i think this is this is a uh another great song that, that billy has written um about that subject matter but different with the way that it's i mean it's it's a very unique green day song it's it's a uh, definitely yeah i i uh i i don't even know it's a it's a different kind of melancholy um it you know it does feel very very 60s um yeah the the only song in green day's catalog that i, I feel you know that comes to mind at any rate for me that i feel like i can compare this song to is what's her name yeah that's what this song feels like to me yeah no i i i can see that too um yeah and and, and even that you know isn't a one-to-one um it's, no, it yeah, isn't. it's it's uh, I, I you know I I I don't have too much to say about it other than it's it's extremely impactful to me. I I can pretty much you know relate to every word, um, every line, uh, and I think um, I I I think the the da 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 like that's yeah. that's such a special part of Green Day's discography. Like it's just it's just beautiful it's it's just a really beautiful melody um it is i love the moment where they do that and it goes into the solo yeah it feels like it's flawless like yeah. it's so this this song each part of it it doesn't even feel like there's a transition at a, you know it's like the, the it feels like there's no separation between the verse between the chorus between the instrumental between this it feels like it's all like one you know perfect uh, 
constantly flowing stream of yes, music that, that yes. just so happens to like fit into a verse chorus kind of mold. Absolutely. You know, you know you're, you're spot on it. Yeah. The, 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 the structure flows into, um, each, each piece. And, uh, I mean, I, I, the, ah, the, the, the harmonies in the chorus are great. The, uh, the outro too with the you know i i love how it has and then it it, it kind of has like the the vocal melody ending on a on like a uh, higher note than the um guitar and it's just like it's just like that really uh, bittersweet um melancholy note to end it on it, it's uh, yeah it just, it's it's really really satisfying to me um and yeah i mean this I, I already know this is a song I'm going to spend a lot of time with, and that's going to kind of, uh, yeah, be be one of the things that that pulls me through, or or, or that I uh, will will have a, a strong connection with. Um, it's 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 one of those songs that yeah, it comes out at the right time. It, it comes out as um, it at, at you know feels kind of like destiny, and uh, mm-hmm. I'll have more to say about that feeling towards the end of the album discussion that we're coming up to, but um. This is one of the big ones that it felt. It, it just feels like wow, this is the right place, the right time in my life. Um, somehow Green Day just knows; they just get it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a special one for me. Right on. The only other thing I wanted to mention is so in the American Dream is killing me. Uh, I I had to bring up the TikTok and taxes line. Yeah. And the the other thing that we were talking about on. Um, the build up to this album release when when we were looking at the uh, the lyrics from that magazine leak was that we knew there was going to be an Instagram line on here and that was the magazine another, that, that 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 was the magazine from Finland right uh whatever country it was what <laughs> <laughs> it could it it could have been any any number of countries at this point but uh you know, that was something that we were a little bit apprehensive about, too. It's like, what is Billy on? Like, what what is this social media lyricism kick going yeah. on with this record? Yeah, the, the Instagram line did seem jarring. Again, with the lyrics out of context within the actual song, it, it is jarring. Yes. It is jarring. It is. It is. Um, and then on the song... It's, I mean, like, yeah, it's like we're, we're only reporting from the vantage point of ourselves as, as uh, one, one listener to another, but uh, I'm here to say I actually think it's a good line. I, I do, too. I think, it's a, I think it's a good line, and I think it's um, kind of an interesting way of, um, I don't know, I don't want to quite say modernizing, I guess, but I mean... Uh, I, I do think that there sort of is this unspoken idea of like, well, you know, just don't don't touch those things. Don't touch the brand names. Don't don't touch those things that are like hallmarks of a specific thing from a specific time. Like you're only going to date your song in the long run. And yet, um, I I guess I feel like Billy is sort of having fun, maybe a cheeky kind of fun. Um, breaking those unspoken conventions. And I don't think it's like a bold break. I don't think he's like, you know, saying, fuck you, I'm going to use Instagram in my song. Like, I um, I, I think it kind of comes back to what, again, I think of as like sort of the buzzword sort of deal where um, Billy likes to incorporate those things that are like uh, immediately recognizable 
punchy and 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 straight to the point that people are gonna know people are gonna listen up and be like what you know did he and um but I, I think the real trick is that he always he, he has this knack for landing it and so it's like very easy like you could I don't know. Let's say just have a spreadsheet of a whole bunch of lyrics that you stitch together and Frankenstein a song out of. Who would do that? Who would do something? Rivers fucking Cuomo, (laughs) you know? And that's only going to get you so far. He's got some hit or miss songs. Everyone does. I'd say Billy does too. Sure. Um, But but what what I'm trying to say is I don't think Billy's use of these things is random in the way that sometimes Rivers like by his own admission kind of is i think billy is using these things because like he's trying to evoke like these moments or these feelings of like this exact current moment man i think you're right and so like it's easy to like look at a line with instagram in it and be like well that's fucking stupid well that's exactly what i thought it does sound fucking stupid but um I, i i guess just like given like you know kind of working through my thoughts here and what I mentioned, I, I think it works for those reasons. I, I think, I think Billy is really trying to actually anchor the song to now rather than thinking about like, well, what are, what are people going to think about it in the future? And I, I think that that's, um, as Billy often is like kind of bold in it's in its own way. Yeah, I think so too. And I think, um, a lot about how we think of classics or like a, a song being timeless is informed by all of the s- classic songs we've heard being released in our past. Like, and that's why they're timeless because they've had time to become those things, you know? And, um, so, so hearing something that sounds like anachronistic that don't fit in with the, with our, our library of classics in our head, you know, it sticks out because we're like, Oh, this song's different. It's not going to achieve that level because, it's too current referencing something, but those classics also reference, you know, like things that were current back then. And, and it's, it's, it's like when the telephone was invented, do, do people think that like, Oh, they're, they, they're referencing the telephone <laughs> in here, you yeah. know, uh, it's going to date the song when they invented video or TV or whatever, you know, like, I think it's, I think it's something that um, you have to do it right, and I think you're right about uh, comparing Rivers and, and Billy Joe and um, how they use it use these current terms differently. Um, but a good song is a good song, and I think I think 20 years from now it's going to be a lot less jarring than um, than it is to us because we're probably not going to be using Instagram or in the same way at least. Or uh, it, it, there's going to be some shift, and it's going to be it's going to be a uh, past memory but not in a way you know that's kind of like like uh you know an old song referencing like a telegram like sending a telegram to somebody you know it's uh yeah i think we'll kind of look at it in that way um as yeah. as, as long as the the feeling is there and um we we understand the, the 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 message that's delivering that feeling i think it'll be i think it won't be jarring yeah well said and i, I think we can safely say the feeling is absolutely the the driving force of this song. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not worried about that in 20 years. No, no. And um, the last thing I, I'll say about this song, too, is that I, I kind of get um, a little bit of like a long shot feeling from... The, the 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 like the lyrics especially I think um, almost like the the fifties doo-wop kind of yeah bop, bop, you know yes you know something like or that. or not quite I don't know I mean and it's it's uh I, I, 
I think like the lyrics um, kind of make me think of the verses of uh, Soul Surrender or something like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, just another cool part of like you know seeing the evolution of of Billy's songwriting. Um, Definitely. <clears throat> next up, we have Strange Days Are Here to Stay. Yeah, man, the song they are is is another. Uh, it feels like each one of these. It's like man, you know. You, you you can make a case. I, everyone's gonna walk away with this album with like a different standout, you know, or 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 a different uh, deep cut that that resonates with them. This is a song that um, has also grown on me a lot. So yeah, yeah, same. Um, yeah, w- when I listened to it on the listening party, I think it was. Uh, I, I mean, it was pretty clearly my least favorite. I think, um, and. It might still be, I don't know, but um, but I like it a lot more now. It's it's um, I, and I didn't dislike it when I first heard it, um, mm-hmm. but it's it 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 really is. It's maybe the most straightforward Green Day song on the record, like or or straight. I, I mean, you know, it's it's. Uh, I, I it's, wonder because we're, we're going to have a conversation about that because I think okay. that song is Saviors. Oh, to okay. Be oh, okay, 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 interesting, but. Um, uh, We'll see when we get there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I mean, people compare this one to Basket Case with the kind of guitar strumming, uh, palm muting pattern it gets got and stuff like that. Um, uh, I, 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 I like the song a lot, and I think it's, uh, it's, it's a really tight, um, song where Green Day just they they do what they do best and and um. There's a lot of clever and funny lyrics on it. Um, it's another one where where it's 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 like you know <clears throat> headline grabbing. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's 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 very good. Um, especially, I think my favorite my favorite part is the pre-chorus. Uh, these are the best of times, twisted and borrowed times. These are the loneliest of times. That's something that's that man it feels really good to sing along to. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't say this to call you out, but I really have to say, I'm kind of shocked you don't like this song more. I thought this was going to be like the Green Day song that was right up your alley, especially with um, the guitar playing in the begin, like that isolated yeah. guitar playing of just like kind of the the very fast downstrokes and focus on the guitar vocals before the whole song kicks in. That feels like very reminiscent of. Uh, I mentioned this, but I think a lot of the songs that you make, like that was kind of my yeah. take. Yeah, and no, so I, I uh, thought that this was going to uh, be more immediate for you. I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of surprising to me too. I think it's, um, you know, I don't think it's a, it's something that's, um, there's nothing about the song that's that's bad or that I dislike. It's just... Uh, I think what it's surrounded by is is making it seem less impactful in in comparison. But um but I mean I, I don't have anything really bad to say about it, you know, just that I don't yeah, love not. it as much as other songs. Yeah. Um well I get that. It's funny because on this most recent album listen, as I was sitting here and taking my notes, my first note on this song was actually Maybe my favorite deep cut. So it, hey, it hey, kind of feels yeah. like um, I, yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised that we 
I, you know, I certainly would not say we're at odds, but, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cause I really thought this was a song that would line up with you more. And yeah, again, obviously we, we both get it. It's not that you dislike it, but, um, that's funny, funny to me to hear your initial take on it. The, the things that I like about this song, um, uh, earlier you were bringing up Mike's bass. I feel like this, this song is a really good, um, showcase for Mike's bass playing here yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's um it's really springy. I like that about it. And uh like you said too, a lot of great lyrics on here. I I love the superheroes play pretend line and you know Billy's kind of giving getting in on the the Marvel criticism as as uh, you know sort of sort of part of like the uh entertainment machine or or i think kind of recognizing the the role that like um entertainment plays in the uh the perpetuation of the american myth and the american dream and and that's that's part of the call out there and then even like a bit of a laugh at himself when the line where he says i just lost my sense of humor gen z killing baby boomer yeah (laughs) i know like talk about Talk about using words that'll date your song. Like those are all, yes. all fucking buzzwords that um you know you just log onto Twitter and it's right there. You know, absolutely. Uh, but but he really he really uh, utilizes it to full effect here on this track in a way that uh, feels very tongue in cheek. Feels very uh, acknowledging of Billy's age and you know where he's at making these songs. And yet, like, not letting that stop him or hinder him. You know, he's he's instead uh, kind of absorbing it and and um, putting it back out into the song, which I thought was a funny way of dealing with that. And then the last... Yeah, sorry, on, on on that or, line... Uh, the, go on, no, go on. On, on the uh, I lost my sense of humor line, I, I thought it was funny because um, I've been watching, like, newer interviews of them from, like, the last week or so, but I was watching one, and then an uh, in, in interview auto-played after that, and it was a, in, in an interview from 2009, like, right after 21st came out. And mm-hmm. um, one of the questions that, that they asked, uh, you know, Billy was, was you know, it, it, it seems like the, like, 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 Green Day's signature humor is not in this album. Like, you know, that, that that's, like, one of my favorite parts of of Green Day as a band is, you know, you keep a good sense of humor. Um, and I don't, and I, you know, I don't see it in this album. I think Billy's answer was like, I mean, I, th- I think it is, you know, there is some, some good humor on, on 21st to be sure, but I, I can also understand, uh, and, and, and agree with that criticism. Um, but then it, it's, it's, it's even funnier to me because I feel like this, this album like really does a good job at, um, balancing like, um, you know, the good humor of Green Day's nature and, and not being so self-serious that, you know, maybe 21st uh, does sometimes. Yeah, completely. I think it's a good point of comparison. I think I would, you know, I mean, I, I would I would largely agree with that in terms of 21st. Um, so, yeah, it, it, is, uh, it is something that I guess I don't... It's. I, I guess I don't think of that as like saviors being like a return to that because it's been so present. It's like you know all over the trilogy, obviously, yeah, yeah, and um, uh, a strong part of foam. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's there in Reverad too. 
yeah yeah it is um in its own way right yeah. so uh so so the, that's uh but but yeah it is cool that it's a part here and and yeah i like that line and then the uh the other line i wanted to mention here was um are we in hell or is this just a fantasy and i i felt like i was like struck by like oh yeah like that's a bohemian rhapsody reference yeah yeah it and is. it's also funny considering how the band has used that song uh obviously as like their uh part part of their hype track before they play live that's the you know green day fans know if you know you know yes um and so him having like kind of sliding that in there too um i i thought it was cool so i feel like there's a lot of like little kind of blink and you'll miss it nuggets on this song that yeah, that, that made so. me really dig it and i i just love the the forward momentum on it so this was one yeah this was this was one that i that i uh connected with a lot and, and got a lot of enjoyment out of the more i listened to it yeah no i mean i, I i've enjoyed it more and more as i listen um the the thing that i want to know is um the i guess it's the post chorus or the bridge but uh you know lonely boy with the heart made of hay um that whole portion really makes me think of warning and um you know, especially how how he uh, sings Clay. Uh, it, it, I, 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 you know, that that made me think like, oh, the lyrics too, kind of feel like social commentary um, from like the Warning era in a way. Mm-hmm. Just because a lot of the lines on that on that album are are really funny in the same way. I think. Yeah, totally. Um, I do. I do get what you mean. And there's been a couple moments on this record where. You know, we were like, "Hey, kind of, kind of feels like warning," and um, that's not usually a thought I have listening to a, a Green Day album. Usually, I think of Warning as pretty isolated in their discography. Uh, so it's it's cool to be listening to this record and be like, "Hey, like, there's there's like real moments, real specific moments you can point to and be like, this this feels like it really shares a kind of a common history or a DNA with Warning because." You know, I freaking love that record, man. And I, I think it's a great energy to bring to Green Day in the modern day. Because I I think some people probably would say that, that in some ways that sort of has been uh, not not always as present, right? That, yeah. that they have accentuated uh, or emphasized different parts of their sound since they've gotten to this again like modern point in their career and so uh to feel like they are more clearly drawing on on things like warning or or not drawing from warning but like you know i i I guess kind of like going back to the things that that made green day when they made warning you know what i mean like like re re reincorporating that 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 whole blend of old and new that we were talking about is is cool to see it's 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 cool to like it feels like we're kind of overturning stones or something and, and being yeah. like yeah like that that was there the whole time you know no yeah i think you're right and it it, it kind of goes goes back towards the idea of like bridging that gap or kind of uh taking taking everything that they do and uh bring it into a new thing um so yeah you know it's cool that 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 that's the warning vibes are are still along for the ride um 
Next, we have Living in the Twenties. Yes, we do. This is a uh, very much uh, Green Day classic garage rock track that is a uh, you know that they've been kind of uh, pulling out since Foxborough Hot Tubs has been a thing, um, and and there has been I mean. I think this this one shares the most blood with harsh with uh, horseshoes and hand grenades. Oh um, yeah, yep. And uh, I can hear that for sure. Yeah, and there's I, you know I feel like there's there is uh, some foam influence too. You can I mean maybe without all the bells and whistles. Um, but yeah, kind of kind of what are your thoughts on uh, on this one? Uh I thought this was the most direct song on the fucked up state of the world. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it is literally in the title. And so like for as much as like saviors as a whole or, or many tracks on saviors are kind of about that or commenting on that, like this song is literally about that. Um, and I thought that was important. Honestly, I'm glad that on an album where it kind of feels like part of their goal was to, address the state of America in the modern day, that one song, you know, should explicitly do it. Or, or I think otherwise, you know, all of those other mentions or nods or, uh, or what have you, you know, it's like, what do they have to orbit around? And I mean, the American dream is killing me does do that certainly, but living in the twenties, there's like no ambiguity to it. That's only that's only what this song is about, you know. And uh, I kind of love it for that. It feels like it's so blatant and in your face that it's like you can't ignore it. And I say that knowing that plenty of people will. Like, if, if there's one thing I learned from fucking Dick Clark's rocking New Year's Eve, it's that somewhere out there actually will completely ignore it. And I. I don't want to ever meet that fucking person, but I do know they're out there. They are, yeah. But, yeah. but for those of us with a uh, rational, you know, head on our shoulders, this this song is kind of screaming it in your face, and uh, I I can really get behind that. I like this song for that. Yeah, I I think uh, you're spot on with what with what he said. Like, uh, it's. You know, you're you're glad that a song did that on this record that it just kind of goes for and you know rips the mask off, I guess. Um, because yeah, you know, it, it would kind of seem a bit tepid if if that wasn't there, especially when they're they're hinting at it and stuff um, on on a majority of the record. Um, yeah, I mean, I also feel like this is kind of builds off of a lot of the funny social commentary in strange days. Like it's, it's kind of like, all right, I would, I would, that was funny. And now it's not funny anymore. <laughs> now, no, like, now I'm actually mad. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, enough with this shit. Um, and there, there's really like, ain't that a kick in the head that, that kind of feels like, that feels like a chorus that Billy, like, like that, that Billy was always going to write. Like it just, it's just like such a, you know, just like felt like, Oh, that's not already a song. Like, yeah, that, that's, you know, it, it's really fun and, and, and rocks. Uh, well, and well, not from Billy, but it is like a classic, like a 1920s kind of thing. Right? Yes. Like yeah, that's, but, but yeah. I mean, in, in this style that it's, um, 
in in the garage rock horseshoes and hand grenade style it kind of sounds it it just kind of seems to me like they've already they they that they should have already written this song you know yeah I um see. and uh yeah the, the lyrics are great um i think there's there's some all-timers uh, for this album at least um hey actually yeah. wait, sorry i don't i do want to talk about the lyrics because yeah there there are some really like unhinged uh, lyrics on absolutely this song. unhinged but it's i i didn't I didn't really make the connection until I said it, but I was like, "Hey, ain't that a kick in the head?" Like 1920s, but I, I think I think that's Billy having a bit of a oh a, a bit of a play on you know twenties and twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I right. think I think yeah. he is actually kind of uh, intentionally drawing on that 1920s thing, bringing it into 2020s. No, I, yeah. I, I think he's kind of uh, ha- having having a bit of a laugh here. That makes that makes a lot of sense, and that that's that's pretty clever. I think uh, I think he might have cracked a code there. Yeah. Okay, but the lyrics. Yeah. The lyrics, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you said unhinged. That's that's very true. I mean, I'm going to, uh, I, you know, I got a robot and I'm fucking a senseless. Is, <laughs> that's, all, that's all you got to say. Is, uh, it's, it's that is a, that's yes. a lyric in a Green Day song. Yes. No, I mean, that is exactly the one that I was thinking of yeah. that I could not have ended this discussion without without bringing up so yeah. i mean i i'm, gotta, I'm glad you gotta bring it I'm in glad i mean you did. it's just that that's a line that um billy sings with such piss and vinegar that it's like it's yeah. like fuck that like it 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 works like um it's that's a real thing that <laughs> that happens yeah no for real it's one of those it it literally feels like it's one of those it's like it's true but you shouldn't say it kind yes, of things yes yes yeah, exactly. but that is why Billy says it because he's like, well, f- I mean, like we we've kind of been like sort of um, talking about that impulse that he has on several moments in in this record, and and certainly before this, uh, that that's all over the discography. That's that's all over Billy Joe who he is as a person. It's like um, I, I, he he has an impulse um, to say those things that he's told not to say, right? Yes. Yeah. And so it. It, it that that's another thing I think to love about Green Day, where it's like, well, like everyone everyone knows that that, that this is like one of the bizarre truis, truisms of the modern day. But it's like, why would you say it? And I know. like, well, I'm gonna fucking say it with my whole chest. Yes, I'm gonna fucking write it down and put it in a song, exactly. record it, and send it out to the whole world. And I it's know. like, wow. I know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I. I mean, who else would put that in a song? It's. It, it's. Uh. Yeah. It's. It's. It's a very Billy Joe thing to go there. Um, Most I mean, I, I guess, would not dare. I guess the only other person that would do that would be Rivers, but it wouldn't be social commentary. It would just be <laughs> <laughs> something that's part of his life. Yeah. Right. No. He. He. He would literally have a robot. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah. He, would, he. He is the one doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I mean, the, then following it up with it only speaks in English is 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 really funny and uh, kind of uh, gets the point across. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the guitar solo is rad. It's you know, it's like a it's yeah. The, the trilogy's got you know garage rock uh, dose guitar solo rocks. Um, and the outro, just Billy screaming his head off, is so satisfying. Dude, it's so good, dude. It really is phenomenal. There, I, I want to come back to that. There's just a couple things I want to. I actually, I think maybe only one other thing I want to say, and yeah. then I'll talk about the outro a bit more if you don't mind. But um, 
The the other thing, I really loved the My Condolences shout out because that was another one where um, it, it wasn't immediate to me and then he follows it up right after that with the whole Ain't That a Kick in a Head deal. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, I feel like this is Billy kind of taking a swing at the whole thoughts and prayers bullshit yes. that, um, that people, uh, you know, obviously pair it in the wake of, after every of national tragedy. Right, right, right. And so it's like nothing changes, nothing matters. You know, Now it's is like not you, the time. Yeah, you, you, you simply, uh, you know, say the lines and you sweep it under the rug. And, and I feel like that was like kind of the most um, scathing line maybe on the whole album uh, right here, you know, talking about Billy's commentary on on America in the modern day, it, it feels like, to me, that sums it up most succinctly. It's like, no matter what happens, no matter what the most, you know, fucked up thing you can imagine occurs, and not just once, not just twice, but, like, every fucking day, yeah, somewhere, somewhere in this country, it's happening. And there's just a blanket response, you know, that, uh, yeah. that people say, and then... It continues. Yes. And yes. I, I feel like I feel like you know, in, in this song and in that line specifically, Billy really takes a fucking crack at uh at just showcasing how fucked up that is. Yeah, no, I think I think that's totally his intention. Um and then to pair it with, you know, congratulations, best of luck and blessings, like, you know Yeah all, true. all um all social niceties like are are kind of accounted for you know like just meaningless things we say it's like you know oh congratulations you're the winner of this contest meanwhile you know uh, 12 school kids are are shot down and um yeah right don't think about it no yeah exactly you know just all these distracts that you know distractions niceties and then it makes me think of you know uh Kill your friends on long shot. We got thoughts and prayers. Nothing comes to mind, and I don't even care. You know, uh, it's kind of a different, more. You know, it's kind of like as angry as we should be about. Uh, uh, you know, kind of getting in the way of actual change. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so it's an escalation from that. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I like the song. You know, I, I, I kind of thought that this was going to be my stinker actually just mm-hmm. just based on you know living in the 20s the um the title like I, I kind of did think that maybe this would be too in your face too too uh obvious i guess um but it's it 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 works because it's done so well um and 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 also i wanted to say that i i love how billy sings living in the 20s it's like a very yeah living in the twenties. It's like yeah, you know, yes. it's it's like his uh, brand of like almost British uh, California guy singing. Like it just it's so it's, yeah, it's so Billy. I love it. Yeah, it's it's he it's like he separates it into two words. It's like twan and tease yeah. that he just <laughs> yes. says back to back. Like it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is it it is funny. Yeah, it's really um, funny. Okay, so quickly, I just wanted to go back to the outro. Because that that'll yes. lead us into the uh, into the end here. But I, so one, Connor, I fucking love the outro. You're so, I fucking I fucking love the outro so much. Um, it is easily the most 
aggressive moment on the album. Like, yeah. there is no second place. There mm-hmm. is no contender. Like, it's this. It is this, for sure. And yeah, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think, like you're saying, like, this song kind of goes through all the reasons why Billy would sound as, as mad as he does and, and why that why that moment, um, like, how, how he sells that moment as well as he does, why it works uh, so perfectly here. But the reason I want to save coming back to the outro is because this is also the exact moment where I, where I feel like this is the moment where the album stumbles. This okay. is the, the moment where the where where I where I alluded to earlier, where yes. I feel like they fall flat on their face, and it's not because of the outro. The outro is so good. It's because they follow up the most aggressive moment on the song with "Father to a Son." With father to a son, Connor. Yeah, which is the opposite. And this transition to me, I, in fact, I take that back. I can't even call it a transition. It's a fucking disservice to transitions. There is no transition. It literally is just one thing, and then they take the exact opposite thing, and they put them next to each other with no transition. To me, yes. that's the problem. If there were only... Not even if there were only one thing I could change. There is only one thing I would change on this album. There's only one actual mistake I feel like they make on this record. And it has to do with these two songs next to each other. It's not even next to each other. It's that they don't transition. You can, I, I completely get it. Like, you must be trying to make some kind of a statement or, or create some kind of a feeling in the listener by having such an elevated, aggressive moment and then Im- immediately following it up and contrasting it with the softest moment on the record. Like, they must have felt like they did something there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But all I can say is, for myself personally as a listener... It did not work. I feel like there needed to be something to smooth that over. And, um, like, at the end of Father to a Son, there's there's kind of... I, I forget exactly what it is, but I have a note here saying, like, the way that they end this song, I feel like maybe they actually could have repurposed it as part of the intro, too, and then it would have connected it better in my mind. Mm. Like, I, I think there needs to be something to actually connect these two songs instead of just laying them side by side and saying, here you go. Because to me, it's completely jarring. Uh, I, I just want to be clear before I give you the floor and have you respond to that. I think that uh, Living in the 20s fucking rocks. I think the outro fucking rocks. I think Father to a Son is great. I actually I think every individual song in this album is great. My problem has to do with the change from this one specific song to the next in the track list that I feel like does not work. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean I I um I I don't I don't necessarily think I I agree but I but I see where you're coming from for sure cuz every time I've listened to Father to His Son, I um you know, I'll listen to the album again, and I'll be like, "Wait, I like I'm surprised. I'm always surprised at how soft it starts. Like, like I, 
part of my brain wants um, the full orchestra to kind of start it off. Like, like, like if I think that's a great thing that you know, a great idea you had was um, like because Father to His Son gets it's a full orchestra, like really giving you a wall of sound effect, like a, like Phil Spector in the seventies. Um, so I think it kind of would have been powerful if they started it off and then built it, you know, and, and then, um, fell to, you know, an acoustic verse, but they gave you some kind of intro. Cause it, I think that would be pretty powerful coming right after, um, the end of living in the twenties. Um, yeah. So it's something that, that makes perfect sense. And I, and I kind of, I kind of have an in- inkling of like how you feel. Um, uh, but I also do kind of like a little bit of whiplash, um, which, which I think I, 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 I think even like if, if like the end of, uh, living the twenties bled through a little bit, like the feedback, you know, like, like they would kind of do that on, uh, on 21st century a lot where like the end of the last track would, would bleed through to the, to the first one. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I can see, uh, how it could be jarring um but not something that like i had clocked before now yeah i had a feeling that it was it was more me rather than like a general sentiment or or even something that i would expect you to to share i i, I did not expect you to agree but i man did i really have to uh share my feelings on that because yeah in in my mind it's it's the only specific moment where i really do think the album stumbles uh which yeah it's kind of weird because i think the songs in their own right are are really good songs it's it's not an issue with the songs themselves and and i really do think that they made an artistic decision in the way that they did it Mm -hmm. but man if if i was in that room um, I, I, you know, I, I, I would have, uh, maybe just had some professional, some words uh, to say. yeah, just, just some, some professional thoughts from one producer to another <laughs> to, uh, Mr. Cavallo, um, on, on, on how that might, uh, how that might work a little bit better, but I'm sure you wouldn't mince your words. No, but, uh, but let, let's, let's really talk about the song yeah, so, proper because so, well, there's some first, stuff to dig okay, into. First, before we dig into that, I, 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 w- I want to ask, is there a different place on the record you put this song? No, no, that's the thing, actually. I think that's why I was like hesitant to say like, oh, it's a track list issue or like, oh, the song shouldn't be next to each other. I feel like I completely get the goal. It's like, okay, we're going to go to the fucking hardest hitting, most aggressive yeah. fucking thing to the to the softest, most delicate, you know, most, you know, emotional obviously song on the album. Um I'm all aboard. I'm 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 totally for that. I just don't think they took it far enough. Okay. I think that there was a better way to do it. Not that they shouldn't have done it. So I think there was a better way to do it. I yeah, would keep it where it it's is. It's not the matter of a track list. It's, it's a matter of uh, execution of that idea. Of yes. Hardest to softest. I, I, I understand that. Um, That's how I feel. I would keep it where it is. Now, I remember um, you being a little bit let down with this one during the listening party where, where you maybe thought it didn't go deep enough or there was not... Um, or you know you wish there was more to it at at kind of right. expressing this emotional idea um so, so so yeah i'm curious to how how you feel now after listening to it more yeah um 
I guess I have to admit at this point in my listening of the album, I, I do still hold that opinion uh, where it's it's not a critique I would levy at the song. It's more of a critique of my expectations. Like it, it to me, it did kind of feel like um, Billy writing uh, a, a song about himself as a father and, and really bringing in like, you know, um, writing about his sons, uh, but it, but it is more specifically about himself, like acknowledging fatherhood uh, as, as a, as a song, um, I, I guess maybe I did think it would be more, and, and also, like, I remember during that initial discussion, I referenced some other songs that Billy has written, um, that I think reach greater emotional heights than he does here, um, for different reasons, and I, I guess, ultimately, I still think that's true, but I'm also, I just want to be very careful to say, like, I don't think it's a failure of the song. And I can very easily see myself growing to appreciate and recognize this song in its own right. I, I think it's more a problem of comparison rather than any issue with the track itself. I, I think the track itself is good. Um, I, I really like what Billy does, and I, I think he wanted to do something that's powerful, but maybe a bit more, you know, not understated because there's, there's certainly points of like really strong impact and emphasis on this song. Like Trey's drumming really brings it home on this track. Um, but I think he was trying to do something like very condensed yeah. and, and, and very like concise, I think is maybe the word I'm looking for. Like yeah. this, this is not something that's going to, you know, grow into all these different movements. And, you know, this, this is a song that has like a really strong core that, that Billy pretty much circles around the whole song. And it's, it's more the music around it that kind of grows. And, and I think that that all works. And I think there's a lot to appreciate there for what it is too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, you know, I kind of thought about what you said and, um, and I, I do, I I I think that this is a this is a, a type of song, Connor, that like we're used to seeing be being the closer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if if it was the closer on this record, then I think the answer would be yes. Maybe it is a little bit too slight, or it should have been you know expanded in some way. But the position of of where it is on the record is like I think all that really matters. It's um this is unique in in that like we've never really had an orchestral song like this kind of ballad um anywhere but the end of the record you know really um i guess i guess like restless heart syndrome um a little bit but but that's still a very different kind of song um and you know it brings me back to like the lyrics being like like a uh small piece of of a of a whole because I, I think the lyrics are they they do what they are meant to do. Um, the the thing really to focus on is is the arrangement of the orchestra. I think it's I think that's like the that's the pivotal thing that like really brings this song together and um, what you're meant to focus on because the the, the arrangement is like it it's 
mind blowing to me. Um, it's 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 gorgeous, and there's so much going on. Um, and you know, the outro is like heavy in a different kind of way. You know, not guitar heavy, but but like you said, the drums are going crazy too. Like Trey does a great job with the drums. It's like orchestral heavy, and uh, mm-hmm. and the it, it breaks down with like a you know, like I mentioned before, uh, Phil Spector classic wall of sound and it just it's so fucking good i just it's so good it's so good and, and, and it really um i don't know like it, it like is a nice resolution moment on the record for 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 you know part of it um and and it's a good way to you know lead you into the the closing section you know yeah i i do well, I guess I'd hesitate to say it's not that I don't agree. I was going to say I agree, but I think it's more that like I I don't think I've reached that same level of like familiarity with the track that you have or like you, you know, I think that there are are parts of this song that um you know, you've you've kind of honed in on a bit more than I have and I I think that's cool that it you know, it feels like um as with all things, but but especially with things that like you know maybe maybe feel like they fell short. Like sometimes that's room for growth, and I'm I'm completely open to feeling like you know this could be a song that um, that opens itself up a bit more as as I come back to it. The other thing that I like about it before we actually got our hands on this album there was this idea that Saviors was kind of going to be tackling big ideas and, you know, not small ideas, but but personal ones. And there are other moments on this album that, like, we we didn't really focus on the same way, where, where Billy already has addressed many, you know, personal things or or I guess we have I mean like dilemma and all that like all about his personal life right but but I, I'm trying to get to this idea of like uh father to a son as w- what I like about it as as being as calm as it is or or as contrasting as it is to the rest of the album and its sound is that it feels a little bit like that idea of the eye of the storm or like the 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 comfort in in the middle of like all the chaos yeah and i think it's it's something that a lot of people can you know maybe maybe everyone really can kind of understand that idea of like no matter how fucked up and crazy the world becomes or or already is there are hopefully things within our own lives that that ground us and that give us a sense of love and comfort and acceptance and i think that's what this song really offers you know it's well that's the you know it's it's right in the first line you're a lighthouse in a storm yeah true you know like you i think true. you're i think you're spot on i think you're i think you nailed it i think that's it's a great way of looking at it, especially with all the chaos surrounding um, the song on the track list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does. It does kind of feel like it lines up musically, and 
already as I'm talking about it is like it's you know it's like is that the idea is that is that why it's so immediate and jarring is like is that is that the idea um yeah maybe but you know I um I think sometimes in records that try to tackle these big issues when it comes to dealing with the personal or what can feel like the smaller things Sometimes it feels like, well, there's been a shift between the things that matter and then the things that, like, fucking don't, you know? And yet, um, I think this is a really good understanding and and showcase for, like, you know, obviously it all matters, right? It's like as, you know, it's, you, you, um, you can acknowledge and, and fight back against or, or whatever it is having to do with the outside world, but like you need to be, you need to acknowledge your interior too. And, and what I do, you know, certainly appreciate about this, this song is it, it feels like that's, that's Billy's moment on, on this record. It's like after, even, even after all the shit that's fucked up, it's like, well, you know, I did, I did something right, you know? Yeah. No, I think I think you, I think you have uh, hit the nail on the head with that one. I think, um, I think that gets the core of the matter. And I mean, even like, I don't know, as <clears throat> as sons to a father, right? It's like it, we, we we can understand it, you know, which is which is uh, cool. It, it does get to you know core a core feeling. Um, I think it has some great lines too. Um, you know, I think you know the chorus is is just kind of beautiful in a way that it's like one of um i don't know kind of like a uh unsuspectingly philosophical um lyric that billy throws out at us you know and like something in like good riddance where like the like the words kind of make sense the more as time goes on you know not um and uh yeah i mean uh simple but but poignant mm-hmm. yeah totally all right well yeah. um if if you're ready i'm ready to talk about saviors next we have the god dang title track saviors uh th- this is you know i mean um title tracks are uh you know kind of all all different really like you know i don't think there's there there's there's one kind of a uh, formula for title tracks like think of the difference between warning to american idiot to 21st century breakdown to revolution radio like um i i uh yeah you don't really know what to expect you know because because i'm thinking like oh anthemic um driving but then in actuality all the title tracks are kind of they're kind of different um I think Revolution Radio kind of being the most most normal Green Day title track that we have. Um and I think this this uh actually continues the trend of kind of doing different things. I know you I I know you mentioned that you think this is maybe the most standard Green Day song on the record. I don't I did say that. I don't think I agree with that. Um because I think the verses like I are are so such a different vibe you know uh like like i was said after the listening party like 
and, and Billy's even said like it's like like the verses are influenced by um, Britpop, like Oasis, or you know something like that. Um, so I think it's it's kind of got like a Beatlesy, borderline psychedelic kind of vocal melody and droney instrumentation going on, and then jump cuts to a classic Green Day chorus, which I, I think the chorus is the biggest part that is classic Green Day. Okay, and. Like as you're as you're making your case and describing that, I'm like, well, you know, damn, he's right because my my opinion was absolutely coming from the chorus and and how I feel like you know to me that really more so defined the song uh, the the sound of this song. But yeah, I mean, it's like where I don't know where else are you gonna find these verses? Uh, yeah. So it's 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 a really good point. Um, there it's there there is not just you know um a complete straightforwardness much like the album itself um they don't they don't play it straight even if even if i i would still say i think it's playing on the strengths yeah of of like uh yeah that 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 very classic um anthemic green day chorus contemporary yeah and exactly green day kind of deal so that's that that was my takeaway but yeah i guess i guess you could definitely say i was glossing over the uh the different bits that you were right to highlight there too yeah i mean sure like i i i can totally see thinking that obviously the chorus plays a big part of the song and it's uh i mean it, it is it, it is kind of a classic Green Day chorus, but it's so good. I I, I just feel like by the end it's it is ah it's 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 great to to sing that out loud, and I love the harmonies. Um, now the the th- thing I wanted to bring up about this song um, was it, it it kind of really it it really relates to me a lot. Um, right now just being you know again like oh i've had a hard year what a hard life i live blah 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 blah, blah, whatever um but it resonates because like um will somebody save us like that's that it's just a feeling that uh you know i think everyone has had in the covid era um i think that's kind of when the song was written but on a more personal level it's like man uh Green Day has saved me time and time and time again, and uh, it, you know this time is no different. Maybe it's maybe even even more important this time, you know. Um, and the feeling that I get in the first verse, we've got a feeling like a flicker of light out of sight, but like a halo. Waiting on the summer, but the sun is out of view, is like just very, very much how I feel right now you know it's like the, that that mm-hmm. thought where like i know things can get better and will get better but i can't see it yet you know i can't it's not tangible to me yet i don't feel that you know i i don't feel the sun coming out yet but i know it's gonna happen or it can happen um so yeah i i, I just really love love that uh that aspect to it yeah yeah i guess i you know, I, I I hesitate to just be like, oh well, I, I get what you mean. I'm not. I I I know what you mean is maybe. Yeah, well, I think it's the a better way to put it. You no, know? yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's kind of a universal feeling. I think. I think. I think a lot of people have been been to that point before. You know, where it's like, oh yeah, or that's that's what I'm trying. It's like I've I've been there, but yeah. like you're there now. You know, that's 
that's that's the crucial difference. I'm, I guess, trying to make a distinction. Yeah, it's not, but, you know, um, it's not a Depression Olympics. You know, I don't, I don't. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I mean, if it was, no, no, I, I'd be I'm the, just, um, yeah, the big winner. Um, yeah, yeah. I and uh, the, the the bridging. Congratulations, is, and I know. whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations, uh, my condolences. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Congratulations, <laughs> and my condolences. Um, yes. The bridge is really awesome too. I, 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 you know, everyone's asleep, but nobody's dreaming. All the fiction that's worth believing, and then it goes into just a, a really, um, really smooth guitar solo that that kind of uh, follows the melody, but also has you know some slight variations that that are just just uh, really really nice with with uh, dual guitars. Yeah, I do really love the solo. Um, and it, yeah, it feels like it really like carries the song out. So, um, it's, it's a, it's a cool way to, to do that. I, I really dig that. Um, and there's, I guess maybe just a, uh, few things for lyrics. I like the verse where he says, I got to chuckle. What a dumb way to die. Everything coming up roses. And I, that, that one stuck out to me cause it felt like, um, you know, really, really quick callbacks to too dumb to die and still breathing, you know, my, my head's yeah. above the rain of roses yeah, yeah. kind of, uh, kind of deal. So I felt like it was sort of drawing on, on that a bit. And, um, you know, I guess we, we kind of talked about the sound of the song and how it, it kind of goes back and forth between something a little different and a, something a little familiar. I, I, I felt like this, this song uh, really felt like kind of a, a 21st century breakdown kind of Green yeah. Day song to me, where yeah. where like they were, you know, sort of like that mashup of like experimental and theatrical, mm-hmm. where uh, mm-hmm. those those two things come to a head. This this song really reminded me of. Um, yeah, I, even if I might not go so far as to say like, oh yeah, I'd be on the album, but it, it feels like that. It does, yeah. It, it's got the same kind of um, feeling. Like, like for some reason, I feel like uh, there's a connection to see the light, like espe- especially the chorus, yes. I guess, right? There, yeah, there's, yeah. Th- th- there's definitely that kind of feel. Um, I I I love that that second verse too. You know, obviously we have that 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 line quoted: "We are the last of the rockers," making a commotion, which yeah, you know, out of all the fucking lines on this thing point that out um but that's like another (laughs) (laughs) that 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 kind of does um uh give you the thought like yeah green day are are the saviors of rock and roll and um if that is um pretentious or egotistical like me i don't know maybe but it's it's fucking true sorry to say sorry to say i mean it's it's quite the statement to make after touring with fallout boy you know? Yeah, <laughs> well, well Paul, I mean, you know that they they saved rock and roll. I'm not sure if you heard Fall Out Boy, right? Yeah, it's oh, they, so I guess they 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 saved it, and now Green Day's just they, keeping the ball rolling. Right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, um, I, uh, I I think it's cool because you you do have uh, different different forms of saviors, or and uh, I I love how uh, the song ends on on the final chorus, you know. It it just kind of has a will will somebody save us like the you know yes. kind of chops off the the last word of the chorus and just kind of drones out um, in a nice way. Yes, 
no, I picked up on that right away too, and um, happy happy you shouted that out because that that's also like it, it feels like the song you know wants to leave you with that lingering question you know it's like that's yes after after everything it, it goes through it's like it it almost like forces you to ask the question because it, it, it just leaves it like hanging in the air and and it's like you can't not you know hear it you, can, yeah. you can't not realize that that's what they're doing you know exactly yeah and um I, I thought it was interesting, like, one of your one of your thoughts was like, oh, well, you know, Green Day's kind of here to be a savior in their own way, and I, I think that is true. I think that's something that they're kind of leaving there for you to consider um, in general, but I, I felt like with that last chorus and with that last lingering question, as they encourage you to, to ask that question yourself, I was wondering if if they're really trying to push one to, to realize it's like, well, what if no one's coming, you know? Yeah. What if there is no savior? And it's like, it's like, if you're, you're crying out, you're asking, won't somebody save us? It's like, well, what about you? You know, what are you doing? No, I, I, I think you're right. I think that that is kind of intentional, um, as to why they, they left it kind of on an ambiguous note, you know, um, and I think that's also why Savior is the title is in quotation marks. You know, it's, it, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it, I think that's all there, you know, are, are these really our saviors? Um, is, is rock and roll going to save me? Um, are, are, can I save myself? Is it, you know, is, is no one coming? I think those are all questions that we we're, we're meant to ask. Man, what what is this Dune Messiah? Yeah, right. I know, I know. Is 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 Moi Dib going to be my <laughs> savior? I don't uh, think so. I think Billy must have must have read Dune, or or maybe he probably saw the movie, and that's what inspired him. Yeah, could be. Um, Connor, we have the the last song up next. I don't know. It's uh, <sighs> we're finally here. Yeah, we. We have reached I, uh, the final song of the album, Fancy the fin- Sauce. Yes, yes. Um, a song that I, I, I think our first listen, we were kind of uh, happily surprised at, at uh, you know, what, what what a song named Fancy Sauce can actually consist of. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard of Secret Sauce before, where it's like, you know, people don't know what goes into the sauce. Mm-hmm. I know, actually. You do. I do know what what's in the secret sauce. Yeah. Are 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 you willing to divulge that uh, on on the podcast on the record? Um, I am not going to say other than uh, on uh, other than it rhymes with with shiz. Ah, okay. You have any well, guesses? um, I I don't know. No, okay. no. I guess I'm just going to have to. I mean, I eat it every day. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, let me tell you, I I lap it spoonful, up. Spoonful. <laughs> I don't even eat it with anything. I mean, I don't even, it's just I, I straight just, from the jar. I, I remember coming over to your house actually. Uh, it was a few months ago, and and I I think I was uh, I was having some cereal, a bowl of cereal, like I always have. Um, and and I reach for this one spoon in your drawer, and you're like, no, and you slap my hand away, and you said, that's my that's my secret sauce spoon. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, right. So that's like, the fancy wow, spoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's the fancy spoon exactly. And I was like, "Wow, you got a you got a specific spoon for that?" And you're like, "Yeah." And I never and I never wash it either. 
and I never will. I know, I know. Just a, it's what a special thing. Yeah, but 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 for real, it's like what? Yeah, what what uh, was fancy sauce going to be? That was a, a big question, and you're absolutely right. We uh, were were happily surprised with the uh, the secrets of this sauce as yes. we listened through it, and, yeah. I, and I still am. I absolutely. still am. Yeah, I uh I I'm still kind of like blown away with um how different this is for a Green Day closer. It's uh it's just it it really I don't know, like, like it it really sets the album apart from its its predecessors. Um I mean, I I I love Graffiti as a closer. I think uh I think all in all that's probably the better closer, the better song, but um it's you know, ending the album on kind of like a funny you know funny but but um you know melancholic like green day no um i i i i i really love it 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 kind of feels like it's it, it it it's comprised of like all the things the album does best and just like kind of uh leaves it on on a note of um yeah you know uh we're 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 fucked but like there might be hope maybe we're at you know we're, we're still kind of having fun with it yeah and and also we're all fucked together at least yes exactly yep yep so there there is kind of a i don't know almost like a a, a manic a madness to it it's there like, is well, a madness. you know it's yes, yes, yeah where i mean even in the the first verse, you know, he's talking about going to to, to the loony bin. Yes. Um, yeah, I know. It's definitely kind of like the the shared insanity that a lot of people I think have these days. And in 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 the, the the last few years, um, things have gone loco, as Billy would say. Oh yeah. Yeah, certainly. And uh, yeah, it, it just it's it's really fun with you know the kind of acousticish. Uh, verses to building up to you know a sing-along chorus um you, you know you, you you do get kind of the the fun uh rhyme scheme um and, and then kind of end it with a kind of thoughtful phrase you know that you know we all die young someday um yeah and, you know it makes me yeah you know think that uh you know too late for my suicide i'm too old to do this to you know whatever too dumb to die too young to die it's another it's a like a ramon song that that i think of um but it's like you know you can cut you can, you can you can still die young there's still time to die young if you live your life really well and never lose your youth even if you die at you know 90 you'll still die young you know dude yes yeah and i um literally could not agree with you more because that was also my takeaway was like okay so the the big focus here is definitely that we all die young someday line and i felt like that was kind of building off of the i want a better way to die line Mm. from forever now yeah so it's like there's that right but then like thinking about um again like we've been talking about 39 smooth and i really love how this whole thing has worked out i really love that we've been dissecting their first album and like kind of 
contrasting and in a weird way like time traveling it feels like from beginning yeah. to end you know mm-hmm. like first album to, to now last album as as it stands like a tarantino film <laughs> yeah like a tarantino <laughs> film yes and and i'm mentioning that here because um you know on 39 smooth uh billy mentioned several times like he has this anxiety about aging and um we kind of get to see the other side of that coin now, or or yeah. we get to see where he's at with it, with expressing that idea. Like You're he's right. he's fifty one now, and yeah, I I had a very I, I had the same takeaway, which was like he's he's saying like no amount of time is ever going to be enough, right? Yeah. Like even if you live to be one hundred, you're still dying young because you don't you don't want to go. Um, and I think, I think it's like really crazy and wild to consider that even when Billy was literally young at, at, at 16, when, when he was making 39 smooth in a lot of ways, he's still writing the same song, but he's at such a different point in his life now that it, it comes out in, in this incredibly different way. But it it really, I, I think it really is coming from the same place, but a different vantage point. And, and that's also what makes the, a, a song like this so fascinating and, and so powerful, I feel like, coming from Billy is because, like, he's been singing about this his whole life. You yeah, know? Uh, I, yeah. Um, that's a really, really great um, comparison point. I think you're, I think you're spot on. It's, yeah, th- this is... Billy uh, tackling it from a yeah fifty one year old who has who who is still you know having fun and maybe has has never really grown up you know Peter Pan a little bit um, but who has seen the the insanity of the world and in his own life and and how how fleeting it is and, and stuff and you know and uh, um, yeah you know the, the the thought like oh I don't want this to end um, and yeah I, I think that's um. I think that's a really great thought. Well said. Um, Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it's it's kind of like um, a deceivingly profound song, you know, because because a lot of it is is silly, and uh, but you know, you dig deeper and and you do get more. Um, and then yeah, of course, you know, it makes me think of Carpe Diem, you know. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, true. Right? Yeah. Aren't, aren't, aren't we all too young to die? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of um, there, there. There's definitely a, a through line there too. Um, but yeah, very cool, very cool song in in uh, in Greenest Catalog, and and actually, I mean, a, another instrumental outro here that I think is is another highlight. It ends the the album on a really cool note. Um, and what I love most about it is, um. You know, there, there's no flashy guitar. It's like a very noisy, a noisy guitar solo by Billy. It's just like, um, you know, while while the the power chords are crashing down around you, um, uh, I and then yeah, you sustain the noise through the through the end, and I I, I love it. Um, I think it's, a, it's such a cool way to end the album. Yeah, totally. It's yeah, it's it's, it's very messy and chaotic, and you know the the way you described it, it kind of makes me kind of makes me feel like going back to um 
I don't know what what song were we talking about on on this album now. I think it was uh, Coma City. Yeah, outro to Coma City. We were like, wow, they um they bring they really bring it all back together, right? And then and then the album go. It's like you think it's gonna fall apart, and they they stitch it all back together, and they're like, okay, we're moving on. Yeah, and yet. Yeah, obviously intentionally, but it feels like here on on Fancy Sauce, it's like they really do let the album fall apart. It's like the whole, yeah. it's like it collapses under yeah. its own weight. Finally, yeah. you know. Yeah, and and, and, and um, it kind of it, it kind of feels like the world that they've been describing to you the past fifteen songs. It's it's finally it's just it's coming unglued. You know. It, yeah. It, right. Yeah. It's like nothing. They nothing can sustain it anymore. Yes, right. The, the yeah. whole thing unzips. Exactly. And. uh and it ends. Yeah, yeah, well, and then you have the fucking cherry on top, where you get a little symbol shimmer. But, you know, <laughs> Trey, right. you know, Trey does a little symbol shimmer, symbol shimmer, and uh, you know, like just, just, just a little, just a very, uh, um, I don't know, like, like wrapping it up all nice with a bow or something. Yeah, yeah. I get there. There, there's just a. Just a small bit of order from the chaos right yeah, at the, I mean, right at the uh, very end, but I, it, I, it does work. Yeah. yeah, it just you know gives you a big smile on your face, I think, when it's just like, you know, it's kind of like watching a video, and then at the very end, you know, um, of the music video, Mike and Billy are like all serious, and then Trey just kind of uh, has like a, a devious smirk or something, you know. It's like very, yeah, in, very how... in character for him. Yeah, it's... Uh... Put, puts his mark on it right there and uh, yeah it, it definitely it works as a capstone for the record it, it feels like feels like you get that that little bit of finality to, yeah. to really close it out yeah absolutely um so that's all the freaking songs um connor is there anything that we missed in uh, about any of the, <laughs> the previous 15 songs we've talked about uh, you know what yeah I, I think just to be safe we should go back through the track list one yeah, more time we'll, we'll give top. it another go okay. and see, see if <laughs> see if we have any lingering thoughts on any of these songs um but i think we did a pretty damn good thorough job i have we, to say we did yeah maybe some would say too thorough i don't know maybe uh Fuck them. Fuck them all. You're going to listen to this four and a half hour podcast. And you're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think the conversation with us is never going to end. Uh, we'll be talking about this album on and off pod probably for as long as we live. Um, of course. And, uh, you know, we, we will eventually get to these um, songs in our, our discussion um, episodes uh, in about five or six years from now, I think. I think we will be there, um, but uh, but yeah, this is not it for for our our savior's journey. But um, but at this point, I I think it's safe to say, like I just have a very deep appreciation um, and gratitude, I guess, to like be experiencing such a, 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 a great new Green Day era. Like it just it just feels really good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um... And I, I agree completely. I'm, I'm glad too that we like kind of started our discussion with how you and I sort of got to celebrate the lead up to this album, and we don't always get those chances at the beginning of album cycles. We no. we have been lucky for the times that we have, you yeah. know. Um, and uh, you know, um, part of I was going to say part of what comes to mind is um. <sighs> um, 
freaking I don't know. I I, I feel like I'm uh I just was unraveled it, uh, a little bit at the end because I was gonna to, to foam together. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't think it was. I think I was gonna say something else. Well, okay. But... So, 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 well, the the things I can think of here are, um, you know, listening to foam together in in uh, New York. Um, in the rain, uh, going to like pre-release shows together um, in clubs uh, before Rev Rad came out in Boston and New York City, um, listening to 21st Century Breakdown on my boombox. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. It's like moment moments like that, and and several. Right. It's like you could keep going. Right. Yes. I, I guess what yeah. I'm trying to say is like there there have been times with modern green day albums where it feels like we have an opportunity to to share um the the build up and release of that record and then there's times where we don't right or or like it it doesn't always line up like that that same way and yet it feels like with saviors my point more is that like um we've kind of been able to do that in more ways than than we often get to you know this, this really was um a special a special buildup and like those, those mentions and those, uh, experiences that we had with, you know, seeing them play the subway and going to the album listening party together and, and, and you having that hilarious story about, uh, you know, going to see the rough trade show, all that, like all that is part of us experiencing saviors yeah, for the first time and, and, and being along for the ride for saviors. And, even starting this podcast, and, I know and having these discussions, yeah, yeah, it plays a huge part in so, it. I, I, I agree. We've we've made the most of it, and uh, yeah, we really have. We'll and, and yeah, so remember it's, it exactly, exactly. It it really feels like um, that this is kind of like a special era, and not even not even really like just for Green Day, like for us, like as Green Day fans personally. Um, this is a really awesome rollout, and we've got to do a lot of, you know, really, really amazing and unique things together. And I, I very much cherish that. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I can't agree more. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I know it sounds silly, and um, uh, you know, maybe in the grand scheme of things, not important. But, but yeah, it's it's, it's definitely some something that I, I, I really do. Um, uh, cherish and i'm grateful for uh it's a very special like magical magical thing that we get to uh share together um and uh yeah i think uh we'll we'll look back on these days fondly you know when we're when we're in our 50s and getting uh green days um 21st album when they're you know their 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 tits are sagging and their (laughs) tattoos are all fucked up looking yep um, and and we'll finally have bearded Billy then too. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> He'll finally be gray and bearded. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot more to say. I I very much want to talk about some reactions to this album, um, but now is not the time. Now now is time for thoughts and prayers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, no. Uh, I, I think uh, I think that's it. But we'll have more to say about this this album. Uh, you know, pretty soon, I'm sure. Um, if you uh, like what you heard, and maybe you're just listening for the Savior's hype, maybe you're like, 
you, you you know you googled like oh Green Day Saviors Review podcast or something and you you get us and you're listening for the first time. What we normally do is um we we are uh, discussing Green Day's catalog uh, track by track chronologically. Uh, we just finished talking about uh, Thirty Nine Smooth in its entirety. Now we can move on to the other EPs that comprise Ten Thirty Nine Smooth out of Slappy Hours. Um, so we're gonna. I think we're gonna jump into Paper Lanterns next. Um, and so you you know, join us on our journey through their catalog and and, and how we feel about it in our 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 big age. You know. Yes. Uh, we're having a lot of fun. Um, if you would be so kind, you know, go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a nice review and a nice five star rating. Uh, we would we would appreciate even if you don't agree with our opinions. You know, it's it's uh. We we still deserve to be praised for for saying them, um, obviously. Think, yeah, obviously. Um, you can email us at greendudespod at gmail dot com. Um, I, I've been in, you know enjoying getting some emails. We'll we'll uh, we'll shout you guys out on the on the show too when when it's uh, relevant. Um, and if you want to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter. Uh, we are at Green Dudes Pod. We're also on Instagram at Green Dudes Pod. But most importantly of all, stay, stay punk. punk.